What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode 75 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, it's Grant Feel Hockey Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Great, Phil. Um, just great. I, I'm a little confused as to why you're wearing a blindfold. For, it's an audio podcast. I mean, you can't... Yeah. People can't see you and you but, can't see them. But I just want to feel the podcast, Phil. <laughs> There's, there you go. I want to feel my way through this. <laughs> it's Feel Podcast Youngsma. Um... And uh, later on the show, we're going to invite our good friend uh, Jake the Sad Batch Wilburn. I'll, I'll mention that to him when he comes uh, comes into the room. But um, yeah, for now, it's just me and Grant. Uh, we're going to do kind of a, a, an interesting binary uh, episode. It's, it's going to be one episode, but uh, at, at some point, Grant is going to leave and Jake is going to come in. We're going to trade places um, with with our two co-hosts today. So um, that the main reason for that is Grant has not had time to watch the, what, hour and Almost about an hour and a half of Star Wars. And I might not watch it either. Yeah. You might not watch any of The Bad Batch? Probably not. Oh, man. It's so good. I don't have time, Phil. I know. I know you're a busy boy. Uh, you could probably catch up in the summer if you wanted to. But Maybe. The, 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 question, the real question here is, do you want to? That's a good question. <laughs> you don't have to answer that right now. Because, uh, I mean, Loki's coming out, and then yeah, High School Musical, the musical, I mean, the you, series. You got to have priorities. And then vacation time. Of yeah, course. That's true. Uh in the towards the end of June, um Grant and I are going on the same vacation. Yep. Uh, not just the two of us. That would be a little awkward. Kind of weird. We're we, gonna we'd go, have a good time, but we're gonna go meet the writers of Disney <laughs> and we're gonna pitch our ideas finally. Yeah, finally. Kevin Feige uh he we will make him listen to us. <laughs> um but uh yeah, no. So yeah, we got some stuff coming up uh, this summer for sure that w- we'll try to work around with our schedule, but our recording schedule. But uh, yeah, so Jake is is uh, the expert on all things Star Wars, and Grant, of course, is the expert on all things Mighty Ducks. So we're gonna kind of um, kind of bifurcate the episode in that way. Good term, right there. I used a big word. Um, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, 75 episodes in. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're almost to the century mark. Yeah. We'll probably hit that, um, oh, I don't know, about 25 weeks from now, <laughs> whatever <laughs> that is. Um, later this year. Yeah, later this year. Uh, we started uh, in. Oh, we started when Disney Plus launched mm-hmm. back in November of, of 2019, so yeah, we've been around. We're the OG podcast. We've been around since day one, and reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus has been a lot of fun. So, uh, we are going to continue that with Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, and The Bad Batch, which everyone is talking about this week, of course. But before we like to get into the main discussions for the episodes, we want to do news of the week, and it was a slow news week. Yeah, this week. Um, do you want to mention your? I think your news story is kind of kind of a quick one, and then yeah. I can mention mine. Um, 
One thing, the only thing I really saw this week was yesterday, which was May 7th. Um, it originally was supposed to be when Doctor Strange 2 came out, like way before COVID even happened. Doctor Strange was supposed to come out yesterday. That's and, wild. And then, I mean, as of like maybe two months ago, maybe three months ago, Black Widow was supposed to come out yesterday. Yeah, that they had their what, fourth delay on that movie yeah. or whatever it was. But now, I mean, we have a solid, I would say after the announcements, we have solid dates as long as, but I mean, if movie theaters do crash, they're just going to put it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And just make you pay the 30 bucks. Vaccine numbers are, are rising. Cases are plummeting. Yeah. Like, I, I think we're, I think the movie, even the movie theaters are starting to get pretty confident about yeah. a, a surge coming back into mm-hmm. the, into the theater. So yeah. Um, I, I feel like J- July feels good right now. Like yeah. I, I know that's just a couple months away, but I, and we're recording in the, the middle of the country where like maybe things aren't as bad. Yeah. Like if you live in Manhattan or whatever, like maybe the numbers are a lot worse than us, but like our numbers are starting to look really good around where we live. And I feel like, like in July when Black Widow comes out, like yeah. we could see maybe even full capacity theaters. Like I, th- I think people are going to come back pretty strong. Yeah. So. And I'm, I'm even confident that, um, my first movie back in theaters will probably be Cruella at the end of this month. Yeah. Um, I might go with you. I'd say I'm pretty confident that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll go see that together. Yeah. Um, that, that'd be fun. I, I would like to go to, I would like to see that in the theaters as well. Yeah. Of course, you can catch these on Premiere, Disney mm-hmm. Plus Premiere, uh, both of those movies that we just mentioned. But um, I don't know. I, if I have the chance to see it in theater and it's not that yeah. much different in price, um, I'll probably just choose that. Yeah, because, I mean, you're still probably looking 10 bucks for the movie ticket. Yeah, so. around here, around this part of the country is about 10 bucks for us. Yeah. And, you know, the Premiere Access is thir- famously 30 Mm-hmm. You divide that by four people, and it's like about eight bucks, you know, yeah. seven fifty or whatever. So you know, it's not a whole lot more to go to see it. In the but theater. just kind of game back to seeing it in theaters because oh, yeah. it's been a long time. I mean, I can't. Oh, I actually can tell you the last movie I saw. It was uh, the Jeremy Camp movie, and that was the weekend before everything just <laughs> fell apart. I it's it goes further back than that for me. I I hadn't been to the theater for a while. When, I still believe that's drops. what it's called. What. The Jeremy Camp movie. Oh, I, I still st- believe. <laughs> you were saying like I still believe that's the name of the movie. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Well, what's the name of the movie? Um, so yeah, no, it's been a, it's been even longer than that for me. Yeah. So I like I it's it's not quite it's not going to quite be two years because mm-hmm. like I know I saw Endgame with you guys and I think I saw a movie or two after that. I just don't remember what I watched in 2019. And, and I then, can't even tell you the last Marvel slash Disney movie I saw in theaters. Yeah. I, I mean, it, for me, it probably was in game. I don't yeah. know that I saw anything Disney after that, but well, Spider Man Far From Home. But I guess oh yeah, you can't really call that, that w- at that point. But that was kind of in the MCU canon. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it, it will not have been you know a full two years, but almost two years yeah. since I've been in the theater. It's so crazy. It'll be nice to sure. be back. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll feel like coming home again. So. And I mean, Alamo's open again, so yeah. that's awesome. I, I don't know if they're going to be serving food or not. They I, are. Oh, okay. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm all in, man. I, I'm fully vaccinated. And I'm, I'm ready to go back. I so. think you just have to order your food ahead of time. Yeah, I can do that. So, I mean, it's exciting for sure. Um, speaking of Dis- Disney Plus MCU stuff, that's the, the other news article that I saw this week. And I think it came out a few days ago from the time of this recording. But um, 
it's it, I don't know that everything's like totally confirmed, but it, it looks definitely suspicious. But Disney Plus has basically erased the Agents of Shield canon from MCU canon. Yeah. So they why why people are thinking that is that in on the Disney Plus app, when you go to the app, there is a section called uh, Marvel Legacy, I think is what it's called. <laughs> and it's 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 where they relegate all the like like I don't know if animated shows are there, but it's all the yeah. stuff that's like it yes, it's Marvel, it features Marvel characters, but it's not a part of the MCU. Yeah. The Ages of Shield, I think, was part of like the the regular Marvel stuff and they moved it. They moved <laughs> it over to Marvel Legacy. And so yeah, it's called Mar- Marvel Legacy Movies and Series section of Disney Plus. And all of those shows don't take place within the MCU. So it would appear as though, you know, sorry if you're like a huge Agents of Shield fan, but like those shoes those shows were always kind of loosely integrated with the movies. Like they actually mention like the Battle of New York and yeah. in, in Agents of Shield and stuff like that. But they are basically like recanonizing hmm. that show. And it it looks like like other shows could be next. There it's yeah. a little a little unclear, like where, uh, like I think Agent Carter has also been moved there, but like Inhumans and Runaways, like they're not sure what's. So these are kind of like the family members that you really don't want to see very often. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's except that, at like the family reunions, but it's really awkward. Yeah, it's it's that cousin that kind of looks like you, but you don't really want to ha- associate with them. Yeah. So, yeah, like I feel bad for like um, I forget her name, but the uh, oh Haley Atwell that plays Peggy Carter, like yeah. Man, she's she's awesome and like she's just not quite the Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, I I I feel bad when like people were promised one thing yeah. and then, you know, it's reneged on later. Of course, we we saw that with the Star Wars stuff too, but yeah, it's uh it's it's unfortunate, I think for sure, but they're going headed in a direction and Agents of Shield does not does not fit in with that. And like if you compare it to like the two TV shows that they've released on Disney Plus so far. I mean, there's they no. they blow them out of the water. There's no comparison, yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. I almost wonder if they if they know something we don't about like how the mutants are going to factor in because like yeah. the, in Agents of Shield, there's no mention of mutants. They didn't have the license to to utter that word apparently, but they did do Inhumans in Agents of Shield. Yeah. But now they have like an Inhumans show that's like separate yeah. from Agents of Shield. So I almost wonder if Inhumans does stay with the canon, yeah. but Agents of Shield Inhumans are not a thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting that they're kind of segregating that kind of stuff. I guess they they're doing what they yeah. have to do. Now that you bring that up, I do remember one other story. Um, I did read that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is complete, and it's been completed for about a year and a half. Oh my! So um, the article that I read said. Do not expect any like major changes. I mean, this movie's been done for a while. The script's been written for a while, think, and that's what they're sticking with. Think about that. Think about just sitting on a completed movie. Like yeah. so, someone, someone has that entire film in their house right now, mm-hmm. and they're not allowed to talk about it. Obviously, yeah. and they're not releasing. They could release it tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. it, it could just be in theaters. Yeah. Like it's a surprise release. But my guess is they can't do that because there's some story elements of that yeah, movie that don't sure. make sense because we haven't seen mm-hmm. the other things that are waiting. So, I mean, I, I mean, they released all those dates last week. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these, you got to think that the script is done. They're ready to go. Yeah. And 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of changes. Yeah. I mean, I honestly believe phase four is completed from yeah. a writing standpoint. You're probably they, right. They know exactly what's going to happen yeah. and I, how it's going to work. I, I I bet you're right. I, I bet they have completed scripts for every movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they can always adapt, you know, lines mm-hmm. on, on the set and stuff like that. But like, like what, what is meant to happen in those movies has already been written. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I would love to, I would love to, you know, Kevin Feige, if you're listening to this, I would love to have just eight, five minutes of your time. Just like <laughs> maybe, maybe when we're down in Florida, we can meet up and we can pitch you some ideas. Are you saying that Kevin Feige lives at Disney World? Like, I have no idea. He probably, he maybe lived, underground. He could live in the, the castle. Yeah. In, you know, I mean, there Ma- are places in the castle you can't go. <laughs> That's true. That's where Ke- Kevin Feige's office is. Or Steve Rogers, maybe he's hidden in the. <laughs> oh man, well, so that that's uh, some some Marvel news for you. I you know rest in peace, um, Agents of Shield. But I, I really think I don't know that many people that watched that entire show, like yeah. the four or five seasons that they did. I I bowed out about halfway through season three, and and that was it for me. So I, I couldn't handle it for the longest time. Honestly, I didn't even realize that it, it, that it had anything to do with Marvel. I mean, it's Phil Coulson is yeah. is is your ma- your you know major connection. It's a little weird to me that they're rele- re- relegating that to to legacy, but it's still the same actor playing yeah. Phil Coulson in both the movies and the show. But like, I mean, once Coulson went into that show, he stopped being in movies. So mm-hmm. you know, there there's is a kind of a delineation. The other I didn't talk about this, but the other kind of rumor is that like so the main girl in that show is Daisy Johnson. Okay. And they're talking about recasting her. Like they're gonna have a Daisy Johnson, but it's not gonna be that actress anymore. So like they have completely severed ties with those people, which yeah. is super weird to me. But all right, well, um let's get into the first review of the week. Um we are reviewing Mighty Ducks Game Changers episode seven, uh entitled Pond Hockey. Yeah. Uh, very uh, on the nose title there. Um, we'll start with you, Grant. What's, what are your general thoughts on this? Well, I'm going to start this with, uh, how I do every time I'm going to talk about the homages given to the original. And obviously right off the bat, um, you get going to the pond and having practice. Well, not right off the bat, but you eventually get there. And that of course could be. To where Gordon Bombay practiced all those hours with his hockey. It could be where District 5 started to begin with, where the Ducks were born. Because, as you recall in the first movie, Mm -hmm. they just had this little ice rink as their practice rink. They didn't have a stadium or (laughs) even a facility. All they had was this ice rink. And so that was really cool. And then another thing is how... uh, in the original trilogy, how he got them to like take care of the puck by passing eggs around. And of course, which this is ingenious. Yeah. It, it just shows how modernized they're making this yes, show. Yes. And instead he has them passing their cell phones. Yeah. Which that was fantastic. Yeah. The, the phrase is soft hands, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, you know, hopefully you've seen the episode now. I forgot to mention that we're doing spoilers, but um, yeah, like he says, you know, I usually do this with eggs, but I figured these are more valuable to you, yeah. you know, your actual phones. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, it is very, 
there were no cell phones yeah. back when the first Mighty Ducks movie came out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, people had car phones maybe at the most, but like yeah. uh, cell phones is definitely a newer thing. So that was so that cool. That was cool. And I mean, we have a winning streak going on too. Yeah. yeah two they, they two play, in a row. Yeah, they play Hornets. That's a, that's a big deal for the Don't yeah. Bothers. And we finally got Sophie scoring some, which yeah. that was cool. And we got somebody besides Sophie and Evan scoring and Maya. So that yeah. w- that was cool too, and uh, the blindfolded thing. I mean, I feel like it is very Gordon Bombay esque. Yeah, like it's something he would pull. But I mean, that was a disaster. Yeah, no, it was it was really funny to watch. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that they are taking the hallmarks of the original movies and putting them into the show as well. Like everyone knows when you're watching a Mighty Ducks movie, you're going to see coach Bombay, Mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, do some kind of crazy antic at practice. That's going to teach them a certain skill. You know, Mm -hmm. he's going to bring out, you know, beach balls or eggs or something, you know, something crazy. Um, in this one, they play tag for a while. They, he does a little thing with, with uh Coob, you know, so that he can move his feet, <laughs> you know, so like they're going to do like little funny things and stuff like that, that get the, cause you have to do something to get the characters to move, right? Like to, to go from point A to point B in yep. their, in their skills. And so you knew that was coming, but I thought what was interesting about this episode is we got that from Bombay, but mm-hmm. also from Alex. So Alex yeah. had a chance to like put on the coach's hat and like do you know, a, a gimmick, uh, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. So, so yeah, it, it totally fails in her standpoint, but it comes back at the end of the episode and actually succeeds. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was cool that they're kind of using both of them to, Which, to do this Which, once again, uh, her boss is kind of playing kind of like the devil's advocate. I don't really think that she's the main villain. I'd say that's still relegated for uh, Coach T and the Ducks. Yeah. But, I mean... She's definitely not the nicest person to begin with either. Yeah. I thought Stephanie's role in this episode, the boss, was actually the first time that we saw her do anything helpful in the yeah. entire series. Because like, at one point, she it's it's the only scene that she's in so we're talking about the same scene but she is basically like telling her to like run towards her fear and like embrace it mm-hmm. and like and like fight it she's like i used to be afraid of heights and then i jumped out of a plane <laughs> yeah and so she's like basically just saying hey you need to do the same thing with your coaching like if you're afraid of coaching or afraid of of not doing a good job or you know pushing the kids too far or like just dive into that like yeah. face it head on but and I, also I was like oh, okay that's that's kind of good advice i also but- think she's more worried about Bombay entering the picture. Oh, for sure. So I think she's wanting Alex to be the coach because in her eyes, mm. I feel like um, if Alex is coaching the team, this team will never reach their full potential. Yeah. But if Bombay is stepping in, then this team could cause a lot of trouble for the Ducks. Yeah, Grant and I weren't surprised at all when a couple episodes ago it became pretty clear that Bombay was kind of inserting yep. himself into the team because – Alex was never going to be that coach that would take him to the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they have to have someone come in. I they are three episodes away. There's only three episodes left. Yep. Eight, eight, nine, ten. This was episode seven. I don't know. I'm starting to wonder if they finish the hockey season in this season of television. Like you would they think, might not. you would think that they would in the in the first season of television. But how many games have they played so far? Four. No, I guess they they had a like a one in five record at one yeah. point. 
they skip some games. Yeah, that's but true. At this point, I would say they're two and five. And I don't know who knows how many but we've games, seen, total games they we've play. We've seen but. four games. I think it is. So maybe they they do only have a few games left. Yeah. But I don't know. It just seems like there's not been a lot of hockey in the show, which is fine. I, yeah. I I'm not sliding the show for that. I actually I like the hockey stuff, but I equally like all the yeah. the drama stuff too. But it doesn't seem like there's been enough hockey to really feel like we've arrived at the championship by the end, um, unless they do some montage like very quickly, like you know just you know for lack of no pun intended, but like skate through a whole yeah. bunch of like games and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I like at the end of this episode, I was like, "Wow, we only got one more game in this episode." Like, yeah. I wonder how the, how they're going to get us to the championship in the next three. I mean, these shows are only a half an hour because I mean, obviously, they're not going to have the playoffs and a new no a new like hockey season in the same season. That, that's why it won't make sense. That's why I wonder. I, I almost wonder if they just end like regular games like regular season and then an end at the beginning of the playoffs or yeah, something like that. I wonder if like this next episode here's what I would think. If they're going to finish the season by the end of this season, yeah. I would say eight will be the last regular season game. Nine will kind of be their uh journey through the playoffs and then ten will be that championship game. Wait, I, I think I think you're right. I think they have to do that if that's their goal. Yeah. Going through the entire playoffs in, in twenty eight minutes or whatever seems yeah. insane to me. But I mean but, they don't have a ton of teams. I mean Yeah. I think there's what was there six teams total? I don't even yeah, remember right. from the first episode. Yeah, you're right. It is a small, small So it's league. a small league. So my guess would be they play like two playoff games at the most and then go straight to the yeah 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 it's it'll be interesting to see how they finish it i i still i'm still not totally convinced that they win i yeah I, like i almost wonder if you relegate that to season two like hey we we you know yeah we had a loss last season like start season two with we we lost last season but we made it to the championship game wasn't that awesome this year we're gonna go all the way and win yeah. you know like they have to leave something for season two and i'm i'm not sure if, if how much there is left if they win you know yeah. like in season one so we'll see um they they, they could definitely have them win but uh, we won't have to wait too much longer. I would say they're going to win. Yeah. Just because, I mean, um, the blueprint they followed is so close to the original storyline, just modernizing it. Yeah. So I would say they have to win. Do you think they, like, I mean, for lack of a better term, kind of like mimic each season with a like with a movie like this, I, this I would is, not be surprised if there's only three seasons yeah this season is movie one yeah. season two is movie two yeah they could that'd be interesting yeah. um i'm certainly enjoying the season a lot yeah. and this episode was no no exception i i really really enjoyed it um they the one surprise well i guess there were a couple surprises but the biggest thing that we that i predicted at least uh for this episode was wrong i i i really thought that they were just going to touch on the evan betrayal thing for like a few minutes at the end of the episode get off of it and then move on and it kind of became the central yeah it was figure of this a, entire episode i mean they're up until this point we've kind of gotten like two to three storylines that they followed and really i think the only maybe there's one like minor other storyline but i mean the main central storyline throughout the episode is evan going to that ducks practice yeah yeah no it's it's become a major point of contention like yeah. it took us the entire episode 7 to finally get 
the last person to forgive him. Like yeah. it took the entire thing. Um, of course, you know, most of the team kind of forgives him about halfway through, but Sophie hangs on yeah. to that. that Which I mean, that was fantastic. It was great. And, I mean, she hit it right on the head when she said, you know, I gave up everything to join you guys. And now as soon as I do that, you decide to go to the practice. Yeah. And I mean, that was genius. Yeah. That was something I mentioned on last, uh, last week's uh, podcast episode yeah. was like how it didn't feel real to me. And like that Evan would even do that. Like after yeah. trying so hard to get Sophie to leave quote, the bad guys mm-hmm. to join quote, the good guys that he would just go straight to the bad guys yeah. team after that, after saying all that. But she calls him on exactly mm-hmm. that. So like what, what I was saying was a thing of like, I, you know, it's it's not very believable that his character would do that. She actually calls it out and like, you know, actually makes yeah. mention of it, which I thought was really great. I also think there's, it's, it seems pretty clear to me that there's a little bit of a romantic thing mm-hmm. going on between them. Oh yeah, for sure. And so like she, you know, especially being a girl, the, the girl part of this, like, you know, pre-relationship is definitely like, feels burned like that you treated me just like every other girl you know like she wants to be more special to him than Mm -hmm. just every other girl on the team yeah and i mean that was um and i another scene which this happens at the same part that i thought was just perfect was when uh evan takes off the c yeah and gives it up i mean that was very charlie-esque yes for sure and I mean, I feel like they want Evan to be a mixture of Charlie and Bombay. Yeah. There's parts of him from both character. But, I mean, that was a very Charlie-esque move. Yeah. and But, I mean, it was perfect. And, I mean, it's one of those things where they hit on the nail. We don't need a captain right now. Yeah. Because we have each other. And... Um, that scene was great for me. And I mean, I still definitely making a prediction. He's going to get the C back at some point. Yeah. Either during the playoffs or during the championship game is probably my guess. But so, but I mean, for him to do that, I mean, that was a great scene. Yeah. I like, I loved his line. It's very Charlie-esque of like, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll put the C back on when I've earned it. Yeah. And yeah, that, and that becomes the the catalyst for them to forgive him like mm-hmm. literally within seconds of him saying that they're like okay we we forgive you yeah. we're all good sophie doesn't but she needs more but the rest of the team's like once they hear him say that they're like okay you know you're yeah. you're, you're you're back in so yeah uh i i continue just to love evan evan's character it, for, yeah. for me he's he's a top character in the entire franchise mm-hmm. like i i loved obviously charlie and i love bombay and and you know a lot of characters averman lots of characters from the original movies but for me, like Evans up there is like one of the best Mighty Ducks characters ever. Like yeah. he's just really relatable. Um, I think you've absolutely nailed it with your assessment of, of him being like equal parts, Charlie and Bombay. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that's exactly what they're going for. Like, yeah, it's, he's a really interesting character to me and he's very well acted. Like I, th- I think that actor is like, yeah. so you'll see him in, in like, as he transitions into adulthood, the actor, I mean, yeah, you'll, you'll see him in a lot of stuff. So, and I mean, the scene where, I mean, I know we're g- kind of going backwards, but oh, when fine. Alex locks him in the like storage unit, pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was cool how they did it where um, everybody's feeling a little bit hurt. I mean, Logan feels hurt that 
he lives right across the street from them. Yep. And he didn't get invited to the sleepover. And then obviously Lauren's still heard about Maya and everything. And I mean, and then Sam kind of gets to the point where he's about to quit the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's literally cleaning out his locker when, yeah. they, when they find him. But yeah, it's it's like the Evan betrayal it just sets off like this explosion within yeah. the team. And, and that's why it was such a big surprise to me. I was like, oh, you know, Evan betrayed them. They'll be mad at him for a few minutes and then it'll be yeah. over. They went the complete opposite direction. They they're like, no. How about how about Evan's betrayal just completely exposes every yeah every um you know lack of confidence yeah. in every character you know. And I, I thought that was brilliant the way yeah, that they did it for sure. And I mean, it was kind of one of those things where you obviously you know that the don't bothers are hurt by this, but in this one it kind of comes out everybody's little everybody's hurt by this. Yeah, everyone has agreed. And it's kind of like a trickle-down effect. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought this uh, episode was very well-written. Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's honestly, for me, one of the most well-written episodes of the entire season. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think episode six was really strong, too. But, like, it is it is so good, like, to see the dynamic between Alex and Bombay. These characters feel real, like real yeah. people. Exactly. Like, like Alex is is very much wanting to be the coach that Bombay always was, but not mm-hmm. capable. Bombay is capable, but is still learning from Alex, and he even admits that in this episode. Yeah. Like, I, 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 they're just so multifaceted and nuanced. I, I love all the mm-hmm. interactions. That there, but <laughs> you know, Bombay at the end admits that he did it on purpose. But like, you know, the the power, you know, quote unquote, just went out yeah. in, the, in the middle of the whole big fight in the storage room. And, you know, but he's like, I, I did that because I learned from you, Alex. Like, you told me to change things up when things aren't working. Yeah. So, And, I mean, we've talked about several times uh, when we've been reviewing this show about it being modernized. But, I, I mean, these characters, they're very relatable. We get to know them mm. on a deeper level. And it's just kind of like when the original trilogy was released. It was very modernized for them. Yeah. And the characters were very relatable as well. Yeah. Um, just as a funny mention, I, I my favorite part in, in the whole, like when they're all just yelling at each other in the storage room is, is Nick. Cause like he wants to be a part of the, yeah. the anger and he like starts yelling something and it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like whatever he says. And he's just like, ah, oh, who am I kidding? I can't be angry. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Nick had several like big yeah. funny lines in this one. Like he talks about how, Maybe he needs to be the captain. And then he's like, I can't remember the exact line, but then he's like, of course I can't be the captain. (laughs) When when all three of them, Evan, Coob, and and him go to talk to Sam, um, he's just like, he's like, he's like, I'm I'm a captain. I'm going to, you know, bring Sam back on. He's like, I got nothing. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, once again, very good. Um, Yeah. I mean, the show just continues to impress. Um, so Coob, I mean, Coob made a huge change in this episode. Yeah. Like I, like his hands have always been fast, but he literally, I mean, you, we've seen that in every episode of the entire season. He just can't move his feet. Like yeah. the the puck is going on the sliding across the ice. He doesn't move his feet at all to block it. And you know, basically, Bombay has to break him of that. And 
you know, no pun intended, like literally talks about the ice breaking underneath his feet and yeah. then he just runs for it and that seems to unlock something in him. It's a little like cheesy of like, oh, that's all it took. But I mean, it is a 30 minute show yeah. um, and, you know, they kind of have to race through some of the stuff. But um, Akub continues to impress me as a character. Like I, I, I think he's, he was very stoic and like closed at the beginning of the season, but now I think he's starting to kind of open up a little yeah. bit. And I, I just, I've really enjoyed watching him and, and to know that he can actually stop, stop. Like we saw it in the game with the Hornets, like to actually stop the puck now, like they, yeah. they're, that solved a huge gaping hole that they had. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, the, the feel, feel hockey, I think was kind of, you know, one of the big moments of it. It was so funny to watch them just kind of fall, literally fall over each other in practice. Um, the, the only other negative that I had with the episode was I felt like them closing their eyes and that last scene was it felt to me like a little, a little on the nose, cheesy. Like it was just like, you know, like would this actually even work? Like, you know, like they have, they do it twice in, mm-hmm. in the same week. Uh, the first time it, it, it worked horribly. The second time it just works flawlessly. Like, and there's yeah. like no, like in between scene at all. So I felt like, but again, it's 30 minutes. If they had an hour, they might, you know, have more time. I kinda... mean, I think it legitimately could work Yeah, because I mean, the Hornets are just looking at him like, these kids are idiots. <laughs> and so they're so perpl- perplexed on that they have their eyes shut. Yeah. That, I mean, I, obviously I, it's not going to work in, like, the majors or even in college <laughs> or upper-level hockey. But, I mean, in, like, peewee hockey, I could definitely see this working. Yeah, I do think it's funny, like, the you know, two times that they've had, like, you know, a big play of like, okay, yeah. let's do it. it's like, it's always a trick play. Like they're tricking them into something. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> that's kind of the formula for success. I mean, yeah. For the underdogs, there's always a gimmick play. I did. I, I loved the first part of it when they were on the ice and wearing the blindfolds and it's obviously played for laughs, but to me it was like a great parody of the nineties films. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Bombay always nails it. You know, his gimmick works and it yeah. teaches them something. She tries it and it completely flops. And oh, yeah. I was like, this is great. Like it's, it's basically taking the formula that works so well in the movies and putting it on Alex, who is not a coach. I mean, yep. by any stretch, she would admit that. And, and it just, it just completely flops and it causes her to doubt herself. I'm like, no, this is brilliant writing. Like they're doing yeah. really good, a good job of parodying the old stuff that the original nineties movies, but also telling a story through the parody. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, these guys are yeah, geniuses. They did very well. And I mean, talking about, uh, the biggest hire would have to be the original writer. Yeah. For this. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, he's done phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the, the check, uh, checkmates, that yep. they I, they're gone i didn't see them in this episode they were, they were in this oh episode. they were in the background yep. okay i just i didn't see them uh yeah i i kind of wonder if they're gonna do anything with those characters ever again you, you gotta expect at some point they'll have <laughs> some sort of moment yeah yeah i thought that was that was kind of i was looking for them and i didn't i didn't see them um yeah sam kind of gets his his uh push with the whole x factor thing he thinks that's a cool phrase yeah. and like you know they earlier in the episode nick's you know they're talking about how he's always skateboarding into a wall and he's like and nick's like or me he's definitely skateboarded into me and then you know they they you know inspire him to come back onto the team and you know he he really shows up in that last game like in the the, against the hornets like he's that they made a big deal about his character which i didn't feel like they ever had too much in the previous episodes Mm -hmm. of the show like they 
he, I guess, has always been a force that they knew that they needed, but they didn't really call, give him the limelight until this episode. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. Um, I think we might have covered everything. Is yeah. there is there anything else that you wanted to mention? No. Um, just keep going on that the show has exceeded my expectations for sure. Yeah. Because you never know on the remake stage what you're going to get. But I feel like this has been done very well. So if you're hesitant about watching this show because you love the original, I would say uh, it's worth a watch for sure. I would almost say it's it's especially for the people that love the originals. Yeah. Like I, I think it could introduce a new generation to Mighty Ducks that have not never seen the original movies but if you grew up on it i would say you're probably maybe even more likely to to enjoy it because i mean every episode there's some sort of homage to the original trilogy yeah sometimes it's very on the nose like in episode six but like there's something to be found in every single episode yeah so yeah it's great i think what's coming coming next as far as drama i think you'll see some more evan and sophie um, flirtation. Like yeah. I, I think you'll start to see kind of a, a relationship starting to bud. I, I don't see them really diving deep into it until season two. But yeah. I think even in season one, they're going to already plant the seeds for you know they're going to be a thing, an item. Yeah. So and I mean, I feel like because in the sneak peek, Coach T kind of talks to Alex. So I feel like you're starting to, the Ducks are starting to think. Well, we haven't really taken this team seriously to begin with yeah so maybe we need to at least maybe be somewhat worried about them yeah i would like to see the ducks the actual ducks team again like yeah. we, we haven't it's been a couple episodes we haven't really seen much from them but yeah it'd be it'd be nice to kind of check in with them and see how they're they're doing yeah cool well thanks grant i think we're gonna transition into star wars which yep. means we're saying goodbye to to grant youngsma <laughs> I will see you again next week. <laughs> Thanks for uh, helping me talk about Mighty Ducks. You're always yeah. um, um, just a, a very good insight into that show. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Yep. All right, man. See ya. Until next time. <laughs> and we got Jake, the Sad Batch, Wilburn, on the show. You don't care if I call you the Sad Batch, do you? Sorry, I'm getting all uh, <laughs> getting that mic all figured yeah, out. Yeah, Grant's on his uh, walking out, and I'm coming in, and I'm gonna put on these headphones where his ears made them all nice and warm. Oh for yeah, me, nice so. and toasty. Which, uh, ooh yeah, nice and warm. That that makes me a s- part of the sad batch because this <laughs> is kind of gross, but uh, these are good quality headphones, so we're all right. Okay, so I want to I want to talk before we get into like the what is this ostensibly a movie? <laughs> like episode 1 is basically a film. Like Yeah. It was seven, about 70 minutes in length and then you know, the second episode obviously we we all knew it was going to be shorter, but like combines those two episodes that we got all in one week is essentially the, a full feature length film. Like, yeah, I didn't really notice the length of the initial episode to be honest with you. It didn't it didn't yeah. feel long. Yeah, yeah. at all and you, I when a show does that, and the first episode is always like really longer, and of course they'll probably do it for the finale too. But you see the second episode, and you're like, "Oh, it's over already." Yeah, yeah. It kind of teases you because I'm like, "Man, I wish every episode could be, you know, this long." I just got, uh, I just finished watching like the Snyder Cut, which is like a four hour movie, and so like oh, yeah. after that, now everything seems short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> getting used to something like that. Yeah, I the the first episode of this kind of felt like the Clone Wars like film, like there was like a 
wasn't there like a film or maybe? Yeah, sure. Where they go and rescue Jabba the Hutt's yeah. uh, son. Yes. Yeah. But this was more uh, well done. I mean, uh, clearly, yeah. obviously, after two long running and popular animated shows, and of course, you know, the full force of Disney behind them. The debut episode of this show, the animation was much more top-notch than both Rebels or the Clone Wars original series. And I'm talking both the Clone Wars movie and the actual first television episode. I mean, it's better than both just because of the technology and the experience of the the team. But also, just the episode itself, right? Like, if... If you're talking to somebody who's just seen the movies and never watched the animated show, or e- any of the animated stuff, you're always like, man, the animated stuff is so good, but there's always like this little asterisk, but it's like, but I'm just letting you know, <laughs> as from adult to adult, the first like, you know, few seasons are kind of are kind of rough and kind of kiddish, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to go back and watch the beginning episodes of the Clone Wars uh, and Rebels too is it, the first season of Rebels can be a little bit of a slog. I didn't feel that way with this one. I no, felt I like didn't. I felt like you were thrown right into okay. This is good storytelling. This is good animation. Um, I don't feel like it had that same asterisk to where okay, you know, there's gonna be a okay. I guess season one's gonna be a warm up season until we really get good in season two and season three, and it's all right now, but it's not the best. I'm like, no, dude, they're they're already firing on all cylinders. Yeah, from on, from, Filo- the, from from the from the go. I think Dave Filoni has really learned a lot about like what what the, what his audience is and what they're looking for in these shows. And yeah, you go back to the first season of Clone Wars, and it's like they were clearly making that show for children. Like they I they wanted to bring in a new generation of Star Wars watchers. Yeah, but then like you could tell a couple seasons in, they're like, oh wait, like adults are watching this show yeah and and they felt like okay let's do some more long-form storytelling let's deep dive deep into lore let's introduce you to characters that are going to come back like let's have anakin murder a few people (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um and you know ahsoka tano being like i mean now that she's been in mandalorian is like this fully featured star wars character like she's you know they've really kind of given a lot of weight to these characters in the animated series that we've seen and this this bad bat show is very much kind of a you know, it's even like the beginning of episode one is even like narrated by this the Clone Wars narrator guy. You know, so it, it feels almost like a sequel to the Clone Wars, but it is very different in its storytelling than anything that we've seen. Like it's 70, that first episode is 70 minutes about literally just these guys. Like right. it doesn't bounce around or you're not getting a lot of like, you know, general this or admiral that. It's like, let's just, let's just focus deep on these guys. Yeah, it, um, it makes me wonder for this show, because Clone Wars, uh, much like the, almost, like, especially episode one, but a lot of the prequel trilogy, you're like, I know this is about Anakin, but who is the main character? Yeah. Because it bounces around so much between all the different characters. Uh, Clone Wars was definitely that way, where you'd have, I mean, you'd have multiple episodes, sometimes multiple story arcs, where you wouldn't see one of, like, those central characters. Yeah. Uh, and Star Wars Rebels change that some because you're still focused on kind of focused on the family and sometimes characters would kind of go off on these little adventures and whatever and so it makes me wonder about this as far as character development are we going to see this group for the most part 
stay together. And and of course, each character is going to get kind of their own little episode, or their own little highlight, and their own character development. But it, it does make me wonder if they're going to stay grouped together more than mm. what other the other two shows have done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of see them as, I mean, the show is called The Bad Batch. Like, it's, I mean, it could be like, you know, the two of them go off and two of them, you know, go a different direction or whatever. But it is, you were definitely going to focus on just this team. Like, in, you know, you're not going to get like a scene where they're not in it. You know, like it's, you know, it's covering somebody else or whatever. Like, they'll bring in hopefully Rex at some point, but... I don't know that like we'll get a whole episode about Rex. Like I maybe we will, but like I kind of see it as being more, you know, everything revolves around these guys. Like they're yeah. telling their story. So um, yeah, let's let's get into it. I mean, we're gonna do full spoilers if you're listening to this okay. and haven't seen the show. You know, um, obviously, you know, there's there's gonna be some some big moments, some big surprises, and stuff like that. We don't want to spoil anything for you. So if you're listening to this and haven't seen it. Go, you know, hit pause. We'll we'll be waiting for you. Go watch it and come back. It's about an hour and a half if you watch both episodes. I before I guess one more quick thing before we get into the the content. I thought it was great that they released the first episode on Star Wars Day. Um, oh sure, yeah, May, May the fourth. Yeah, um, I thought that that was really great. It wasn't just this, and I haven't watched. I watched the um, the Maggie Simpson. Um, did you watch that? No, I haven't watched that yet. It's it's called uh, the Force Awakens from its nap. Yeah, was it funny? It is funny. It's it's also three minutes long. It, oh well, that'll yeah, be easy. So, okay, is it a is it kind of like a Family Guy spoof? Like, it is. It is basically. Uh, they did this before on. I can't remember what the content was or even what its title was, but they did a Maggie Simpson focused short. It, like when the service when Disney Plus first launched or within like a few months or something like that it was sometime last year and it was also very short it was like five or six minutes long okay it was about her going to Maggie going to uh, daycare or preschool or whatever and like interface meeting this other kid and then like having like a almost like a love relationship it's really it's played for laughs but this felt like like a sequel to that but very Star Wars centric okay and it is definitely for any Star Wars fan because it is literally I mean, it is like fifteen references, uh, Star Wars references a minute, like back to back. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's constant and, and very much Star, uh, you know, Simpsons flair. So, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. It is totally bite sized. You could watch it five times in fifteen minutes. It's okay, very, sure. very okay. small. I'll definitely check it out. Then. But I've yeah, seen, I saw it on the banner, but I was like, uh, maybe later. So they launched four things, or maybe five, I guess, um, on the on the same day. They did. I don't know if you watched. I did not, but they they launched some like behind the scenes, like on the set of Star Wars, like on the set of Millennium Falcon and stuff like that. Yep, I haven't got to that. I did watch the bi- uh, biomes. Okay, How yeah. Was that? So if I had a like humongous 4k tv <laughs> and a awesome surround sound system i think it would be a little bit more enjoyable because essentially what it is is these really slow camera flyovers of different like planets and settings oh. so you're like you know like the, the very first opening is hoth so you're doing this slow pan and you're like okay I see some Tauntauns, there's a probe droid, there's a, you know, there's some walkers, and it's just going really slow. Um, You know, it does the uh, planet crate from the last uh, Jedi, like after, you know, kind of the battle and stuff, and so you can see all the red marks where the ships and stuff had crashed, and so it... It's interesting in that way, but I think it's, you know, if you've ever watched any of those things where you know they're like let's look at some bugs up close <laughs> if you have a really nice tv this is cool 
but if you don't, here's a bug. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and so it's like, it's like, okay, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of neat, but I think I'm losing some of the, uh, some of the effect of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's different than what I thought. I thought it was more kind of documentary style, but no, I, I don't even, there's no, I don't even think there's no, one's, ta- no one there, speaks. There's no, yeah. I don't even think there's any speaking. It's literally just, and it moves from scene to scene. You probably get maybe three, four minutes of a slow camera pan in one scene and then, you know, the the wipe, the Star Wars wipe, and then you're in wow. another planet and it's just, you know, sometimes you're just listening to the sounds of, you know, alien nature. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. It's huh. a real simple deal. It's it's cool. It's a it's a neat concept. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was a waste or that, you know, but I think that if you've got a really cool TV... It's it would be cool to just kind of sit there and like, man, I had a really hard, busy day at work. <laughs> I'm just gonna put this on and like zone out for a little bit on this. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know Star Wars Day kind of started out may- maybe as a joke, like you know, oh, may the fourth be with you. Oh you sure. Know? Like yeah. But like, dis- it feels like over the last seven or eight years, like Disney's really kind of embraced it and like t- taken ownership of it. Yeah. And like given us like brand new content and Star Wars content on May yeah. the 4th every year. So like I thought it was really cool that they that they waited. I mean they probably had the bad match ready to go by like, you know, January or whatever, but they're like, oh, yeah. let's just wait until May the 4th. And summertime is such a I think a great time to release, you know, new anime, especially anime yeah, yeah. And Star Wars content. Oh sure. So. Yeah, I mean you might as well sell candy on Valentine's Day. So if people <laughs> are already talking about Star Wars on a day that's and it's organic, you might as well release a new <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, it was, it's really good really good timing so uh let's talk let's go jump into the episode one first uh entitled aftermath was it the, the title of a book like a star wars back yeah book? there it was a title of one of the uh, book in a trilogy that w- was supposed to bridge the gap between return of the jedi and the force awakens yeah it's interesting to me that they chose the same exact title for this, but it doesn't take place in that same time period. Yeah, so uh, that's a good point, and it kind of it piggybacks on something interesting about some of this stuff. Is there's a couple things that are canon or that were canon. One of them actually comes from that book that was it's it's very you know like a one line thing, but it does contradict the canon. Uh, and then of course you know we'll talk about the there's a big scene in the opening episode that. Com- that retcons uh, some canon from a, a comic book. Hmm. And so there are some fans, you know, there are Star Wars fans that they consume everything, everything yeah. of everything, and they're like, wait a second, you you ditched the EU, and you told us that every comic, every book, like that there's going to be some all-seeing eye that's like paying attention and making sure everything's consistent, and that's why we buy this stuff, and now like this comic book that I liked is, that you told me was canon is now thrown out, so like what's canon and what's not, and... So kind of like, uh, you know, I know that you've been talking about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing where it's like, oh, this is important. Wait, no, nope, not anymore. Now it's Legends. Sorry. Yeah. So we've got a little bit of that going on here. And there's, you know, not a lot of fans. I mean, I don't think it's worth th- not doing because of because there's so fewer people. There's, you know, you've got the Star Wars fandom, fewer people watch the cartoons and even fewer read the books and the comics. So I think I think it's going to be OK. But yeah. Yeah, it's um, I like I like it when they take inspiration from the now non-canon books and comics. And oh, stuff sure, like that. yeah. Like yeah. Um, you know, famously, I, I think you know Thrawn is kind of like the big one. Like uh-huh. you know, like Admiral Thrawn was kind of this character that mostly existed in in books and you know other lore, like not in the movies and stuff like that. And they've really kind of brought him like full tilt into like Rebels, and then you know we're hopefully going to see him in season three of Mandalorian. You know, like but like he's different. You know, like they they're not doing yeah. like 
page for page what you read when you were you know a teenager or whatever but they are you know they're taking some of the material from those books and being clearly inspired by it it's not that different than like how they're doing the mcu stuff like they're not doing page for page comic books they're just saying okay let's take this character and kind of glean some some facts from that person but tell our own story we want to do something different yeah kind of see them doing that with us too yeah well even uh the planet coruscant which you know played a huge role in the prequels and is big in the star wars universe uh, was part of the EU, but like after the original trilogy released, Coruscant was an EU creation, and, yeah. and George Lucas is like, "Oh, cool. Well, we'll we'll do that." <laughs> yeah, I like that. Let's do I it. I like that. Let's do it. <laughs> thanks for licensing my property. Yeah, thanks for giving me some ideas, right? And, and uh, let me <laughs> let me run with it. So, um, okay, so episode one, um, we we get into it, and it's uh, the Bad Batch, and I, I was having a conversation with a coworker right before this launch. I think it was even on Monday of this week, and yeah, it was on Monday, and we were talking about like we were get, taking guesses at like where in the timeline is this show going to be, and we honestly both of us kind of agreed on our guesstimation of it being like maybe five or 10 years after order 66 like really yeah in between order 66 and like where you see rebels and rogue one you mean where it starts or you're talking about where the show's gonna be like once it's all over we thought that the very first frame of this show might be like a good four or five years after order 66 yeah interesting you were clearly wrong yeah i was clearly wrong um yeah we we thought you know our our thinking was okay order 66 happens and then these clones are just out there like you know some of them die off or whatever but or you know and they, they kind of go into you know you know anonymity but the bad batch because of how special they are might not like they might you know just not pretend you know pretend that the war's not over and keep fighting right and so we're like oh but it'd be kind of cool to catch up with them you know 4 or 5 years later that's not what we got at all. This is like no. right at the, like it literally, the beginning of the episode one takes, it literally coincides with episode three in the movies. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, we see the order 66 happen. We see the infamous speech from uh, Palpatine yep. to the clones. Like it's, we're seeing it in real time with the movies, which I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I did too. That, uh, it kind of gave it away during the trailers. Cause that he, okay. in the trailers, he was like, the Republic will be reorganized. <laughs> into the, you know, so I was like, okay. I didn't watch the trailer. So I didn't oh, know. okay. Yeah. So, so I knew I was like, okay, order 66 is, we're going to find out what they were doing uh, during Order 66, which I like because now you've got uh, Revenge of the Sith, you've got the Clone Wars, and now the Bad Batch all like referencing the same, the same, that same pivotal yeah. moment. I mean, this is like AD and BC importance in the Star Wars unit. You know, the only thing that's probably more important than Order 66 is the is the destruction of the first Death Star. You know what I mean? As far as yeah. like time marker. So it's a very significant event to to see them doing. What what is crazy uh is that like this all started the Bad Batch was a unfinished episode of the of the original Clone Wars, right? Like you could oh, I forgot you, about yeah that. years ago before they like revived the last season, you could go on YouTube and watch a very rough, you know, because it's they, they didn't. It's all yeah. Like you know what the the unfinished CGI looks like. You're yeah. look, like kind of these Pinocchio looking, Oven you know, yeah. yeah. And you could watch that episode, and so they're like, oh well, we're bringing the Clone Wars back, so we're going to finish this out. And it just blows my mind how this went from essentially something that was like almost thrown in the garbage, unfinished, mm. to now them getting their own 
series. Yeah. And when I watched that arc um, in the last season of The Clone Wars, I, I was like, okay, these guys are getting their own spinoff. Like, I didn't really... I mean, it was okay, but I'm like, how are you going to make a whole show around this team? And, you know, it's like the stereotypical... It's like... The the leader, the you know, the sharpshooter, the brute, the and I'm like, oh, this is so tropey. It's you know, like, how are we gonna do this? So that was what I was really worried about was how how are you gonna develop these guys? How is this gonna work? But one of the most interesting aspects of Star Wars and the, and what I liked about the Clone Wars is exploring the individuality of the clones and you know the backstory and so in this first episode we learn uh about a time in the timeline that we have not really gotten a glimpse into yet which is you know order 66 happens well okay five ten minutes after that what is going on in the galaxy sure. like what is what is the emperor's next steps to get from where we are at order 66 to what we see in a new hope where the the empire is pretty much like got a lockdown on everything how does that work yeah and so there's a lot of little things you know like uh what we see on camino it's like dude order 66 happens and tarkin's there and we see other things that we'll get into here in a minute and that's what i really think is cool about this where they picked in this timeline because yeah, I get it. We know where things are going on a lot of this stuff. Uh, even with some of the characters that we anticipate are going to come into the show, they reappear later. Um, so that's a challenge for the writers to be like, yeah. oh, okay, there's, you can't do a whole lot. Like, we can't kill this person off in a shocking move because, you know, they they appear later and they're alive, you know, or you saw them die somewhere else later in the timeline. Yeah. Um, so it's a challenge for the writers. And I like that in this show, these are new characters. Right, so in the Clone Wars, yeah, we got introduced to Ahsoka, but Ahsoka, even now when they do the Ahsoka series, she's an established character. I like that um, we are getting another, similar to like the Mandalorian, b totally, you got almost a blank slate with what you can do with these guys right. in, in an unexplored a tiny piece of the timeline well, and that's what really excites and we me. don't know what happens to them like you know right do they die you know a year after the events of order 66 we don't know like you know they yeah they, they're presumably dead maybe by the time luke luke comes around but maybe not like i you know there's there's a lot of unanswered questions with this group because of how new they yep. are right right and you mentioned um individuality like that's you know the fact that they're not just you know clone number five 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 or whatever it's it's fives you know or it's rex yep. or you know like they're they're creating identities and names for themselves yeah you know it's 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 not unlike you know in the in the newer trilogy you know um um oh my gosh i'm blanking on it on the finn finn yeah because yeah. it's like fn fn two one eight seven yeah and so like they're you know they want identity they want personality they want you know individuality and it doesn't get any more individual than these guys. Like they are so unique because of their special powers and all that kind of stuff. Like you have the brainy guy, like you said, the sharpshooter. And so, like I, I think these guys are immediately likable and yeah. relatable because, like, everyone knows a hunter or everyone knows a wrecker. You know, like like everyone like they have personality that reminds you of a friend right. or a cousin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like who's your favorite Power Ranger? Yeah, <laughs> I like this one because they're most like me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some of the things that, that we learn about Cause this time period, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't like, like you said, we knew about five or 10 minutes after order 66, but we haven't seen a whole lot of like 
what is the empire doing like in its first like weeks? Of, right, right, right. You know, and I think one of the more interesting. I mean, we can talk about a lot of things, but uh, one of the things that I really thought was very interesting to watch was the interaction between Tarkin and the Prime Minister of yeah. the of Camino. So, like, they have this really awkward conversation where Tarkin obviously is like, "We don't really need you guys anymore," and they're like, "But the you know the cl- clones are like a powerful force, and you're going to need an army and blah blah blah." And he's like. Yeah, but we could just pay people like I, like it's like this yeah. really awkward conversation. Yeah, we're gonna get conscripts, so <laughs> and they're like way cheaper than what you're doing, and <laughs> and because they're like, yeah, wait, we you know we signed an agreement with Chancellor Palpatine. He's like, first of all, the em- the Republic is gone. It's the Empire now, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> that's Emperor Palpatine to you now. Yeah. Like he clearly <laughs> corrected them. So yeah, it's like the the game has changed, and I'm here to basically let you know like what we're going to do with you if anything. Yeah, it was so cool that they put a camera in that room to let us see that. Like yeah, we yeah. we'd always kind of like assumed that that conversation had to happen at some point, but like they actually let us watch the conversation between Tarkin and the the Kaminoans and say like uh yeah, we're we're pretty much severing our contact yeah. contract with you guys. And then like the they they're doing like he's, you know, investigating the inhibitor chip and like is it actually working on these guys and like I, that was more of a deep dive in this episode than I thought we would get. Like it's, it, I, everyone had that question of like, well, how does the inhibitor chip affect these guys? Because they're different than every other clone that's out there. Yeah. But they not only addressed that question, but fully answered it. Like they they went deep into like yeah that the lore behind the chip and like yeah. how it affects people. I I want them to be careful uh, because not everything in Star Wars has to be fully explained. Sure. And sometimes it's almost better not to you know sometimes like i when midi chlorians mini yeah a lot of people give the, the i'm okay with more okay with midi chlorians than like most people <laughs> but i know that but that's a good example in the original trilogy is like the force and we don't know a lot about it it's mysterious and that's part of what makes it cool and the more you explain it it's almost like the less cool it becomes sure uh and so i i just wanted to be careful like over explaining the inhibitor chip because answers lead to more questions yeah. And so it's like just it's it's okay. Like yeah, you need to you need to explain the obvious stuff like well why didn't Clone Force 99 have it and what you know. But as we go on, I think there's going to be more questions that come up about the inhibitor chip and they they got to be real careful and I I'm okay if they don't, you know, like in episode 2 it's like well what about cut, you know? He didn't take his out and what you know what happened to him? Are we going to get that answered? Do we really need to? It's okay. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's okay. Just just take it and let's go. I, I wonder. We I don't know if we'll even see cut again. Like I I doubt it. It's just he was in episode yeah. two. I doubt it. Yeah, he served his purpose for that. You know, for that episode, and I don't think we will. But that question still remains. It's like yeah, you know, he didn't. And and what does it mean? Like you see these clones who were very individualized, and I could see the inhibitor chip being like, all right, well, that was a failsafe for them to turn against the Jedi. But obviously it's more than that because it's like their whole personalities have dissolved. And even in the final episodes of The Clone Wars, you see Rex, okay, fine, he's trying to kill Ahsoka, but it's like his whole personality is gone. He's he's basically just like another drone. Right. And then the inhibitor chip comes out and he's like, well, I'm glad... I." I do still like hot dogs with with no mustard. I man, I lost myself there for a while, and it's like it, it's weird to me that they're so like they have just completely reset. And it's like, man, these guys have been in battle 
and have camaraderie, but they, they are acting like mindless drones. And that's part I don't really understand, but I don't know if I really need that explained. Yeah. I One thing I thought that was interesting was, you know, that was a question I had in my mind of like, okay, if we do Order 66, what, what are we going to see from these guys? And I wasn't, I wasn't, we hadn't had the question answered. I wasn't even sure that they had chips in their brains. Like, like, did these guys, did they even get inhibitor chips? Like, because they were like on purpose tested, like these were experiments that went right. You know, there were a bunch of experiments that probably went wrong and those clones just died, but these guys made it. Did they even put inhibitor chips in their brains? You would think they probably would, but we didn't have that answered. And so when they say definitively, yes, they do have inhibitor chips, but they're not affected by them. Then that's, that becomes more interesting than the alternative to me because at any point they the inhibitor chip could could kick in we don't know yeah. like there's 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 a big unknown of like what's going to happen and it seems to affect them differently which i think is very cool too obviously most famously that's that's happening with um crosshair like yeah. it affects him stronger than the others for x reason we don't know um but it can be like attunes like they can turn yeah, it up like they, they enhance it and <laughs> well it makes me wonder okay if they would have put the other guys in the mri machine yeah would they have been able to turn theirs up too right. you know they're started at a lower level obviously or not or dormant or whatever it is yeah. would they have been able to do the same thing with hunter and just and you know I, I like it. I don't know. Star Wars does this a lot, but I like it every time when they, it's, you know, most famously, and it's been memed to death, but like the Death Star is another example of this, but like where, you know, they they do everything right except for this one thing that they get wrong and it becomes yeah. this weakness for them. And so like, I almost wonder if they're going that way with the Bad Batch is like, what is the Bad Batch going to do? They they were the programming that they didn't expect to fail. Like, you know, yeah. like, like they are going to be, they really see Clone Force 99 as like, you know, the elite squad. Like they're going to help us more than any other clone. And now they're the only clones that don't respond to Order yeah, 66. Right. And so it becomes this big of like, oh no, like we screwed up. You know, like we got we to gotta fix this. And you see Tarkin kind of, you know, investigating it. So the thing we made to be our <laughs> most awesome weapon is now our greatest enemy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, we get... We talked about a couple of them already, but we get some cameos, um, some characters and stuff like that. I'm going to let you talk about Caleb Doom because yeah. I'm the idiot that has not watched all of Rebels. Okay. How far are you? So I'm like, I've re- watched all of season one and yeah. the first like three episodes of season oh, two. Oh, you're right there. Yeah. You, you're ju- you are literally right there <laughs> when it starts really picking up. Yeah. So, um, and I need to get back to it. I, I probably will this summer, but so... I I saw Caleb Doom on the screen in this episode. Yeah. I had no idea who he was. Oh, really? I, like, yeah, because you're not far enough in Rebels. Yeah, yeah I, I just assumed that he was a just a new Jedi that we'll learn more about as the show progresses. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know if we'll see him again in this show, but Caleb Doom, who is the Padawan that survives uh, the first scene, his Jedi Master gets killed, that is kind of a key element of his character arc in Rebels. Right, so he's trying to. It, I don't know how far you if you want me to kind of spoil. This oh, it's already been spoiled for me. Yeah. Okay, and, okay, and, and yeah. I, I would. Ex- yeah. I mean, I guess spoilers for Rebels if you're listening to sure, this. Sure, sure. Explain to the audience it, who he is. Yeah, so Caleb Doom later renames himself as Kanan Jarrus, uh, and essentially helps start the rebellion and trains Ezra Bridger in uh, Rebels. So, but one of the big parts of his character arc is he's like, look, I can't train Ezra Bridger because. Like, I was just a Padawan when my Jedi Master died, and instead of, like, being brave and going to help her, 
she told me to run and I did like a coward essentially is how he views himself. And so he's had really, that, had, had that scene ever been shown? In no, Rebels? Uh-uh, no. Okay. In Rebels, that was never, he, he's telling, he's talking about this to other characters and recounts his experiences of, of how he survived order 66. And so he kind of carries that shame with him mm. because he watches his master die and runs away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, but we never saw that except in a comic, which has now been retconned. Right. Uh, so I was very surprised. I did not expect, I should have, because it's Dave Filoni, and Dave Filoni is creating this Filoni-verse and loves to, you know, have characters weave in and out of storylines. So it, sh- it shouldn't have shocked me. Yeah. But as soon as she was like, oh, Caleb, and I was like, oh, man. Here, here oh, I know what we're, I know <laughs> what is about to happen. We're getting close to Order 66. I can't believe. So it that right there, like... Uh, you know, it's still like you watching it, not knowing that you're like, oh, okay, uh, you know, a Padawan survives, whatever. What is that? It's kind of a curious thing. It's similar to how characters, people who have never watched Star Wars and watched The Mandalorian, there's characters that come in and out that if if you're really bought into the universe and you've watched everything, you're like, oh, that's awesome. But it's still understandable to, you know, the regular fan. But this was that scene where his master dies is a is a very pivotal moment in his life. Yeah. And, you know, that comes that factors in later to the building of the rebellion. Yeah. So and of course, um, you know, Crosshair wants is his inhibitor chip is is messing with him and so he's shooting at the Padawan yeah. uh at Caleb Doom, aka Kanan Jarrus, and Hunter's like, uh no, like maybe, you know, I, I'm trying to help you, like don't run away. And, of course, Caleb Doom is like, okay, like, one of them, you was shooting at me, all these other guys killed, like, I, th- I feel like you're trying to trick me, and he, re- and it's one of those moments, there's many, many moments of that in Star Wars, where you're like, well, what if he would have taken his hand, like, what if he would have gone with the Bad Batch, and worked? like, how different the, yeah. you know, Star Wars universe, well, like, like, like would have been. Think about that, like, Crosshair, like, legit almost kills Kanan. Yeah. Like, that, that's right. a, that's oh, a I big know. moment, yes. you know? Yes, sure, sure. Sure. Um, yeah, but it, I, I did like that exchange with them, like on the cliffside, like where, like right before he like yep. awesomely jumps over that entire right, cavern. Right. It's so awesome to watch him do that. But um, like he's a Padawan, but he's obviously very powerful. Yeah, like, even in the scene. But yeah, it was. It's one of those things where like he wants to trust Hunter, and he almost has that moment of like almost coming around to fully trusting him. And then you know Crosshair comes in. He's like, yeah. oh, okay, you've been lying to me this whole time. I'm I'm out of here, and jumps. And then, you know, Hunter lies and says, oh, you know, he fell down to his death. And he's like, but then like Crosshair is no. smarter than that. He's just like, then why were you looking across? Like if he yeah. jumped down, you and know? And so that, that's when the cracks start between their relationship. Yeah. And you're like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen with Crosshair? Like, is this going to resolve itself in this episode or another episode to where he was suspicious, but now everything's okay? I was actually surprised at what happened later when he left the group. Yeah. But one more thing about Caleb uh, Doom Kanan Jarrus there is Freddie Prince Jr. did come back and voice him again. Yeah. I thought it was kind of weird because I'm like, it to me it didn't it sounded like an adult voice coming from a kid. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't I I think they should have got somebody different. That that kind of weirded me it, out. If anything, Freddie Prince is older <laughs> than he was when he voiced. Well, yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I uh, once I learned all that after the fact, like who Caleb Zoom is, I was like, wow, that's really cool, and I didn't mind being spoiled on on that. That's that's yeah. a relatively small spoiler, I it think, is. for Rebels. But yeah, it was uh, it was neat. Like I, I was like, okay, this is this is why I watched Dave Filoni's stuff. I mean, I'm gonna yeah. watch everything Star Wars anyway, but like he does this so good of like 
bringing in cameos of characters, filling in gaps of yes. you know storytelling and memory and stuff like that. And well, Rebels may be more rich to you now when you actually yeah. do watch it because now you've seen that moment. Yeah, so it exactly. may actually be more rich for you then. Yeah. yeah, I've watched several things out of order, quote unquote, like in right. you know not in order of release. Has anybody really watched Star Wars in order? <laughs> Is that true. even a thing? Like. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I have a friend of mine that's like has watched Clone Wars since season, you know season one has watched right, everything right. exactly in order. But yeah, uh, I mean, I've I've gone back and watched Clone Wars, having already seen like all nine movies and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I've definitely watched things out of order. But it's there isn't really like a right way to watch Star Wars, in my opinion. Like right, sure. I think w- w- however whatever way you watch them is the right way for you. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but yeah, it's it will be interesting to watch Rebels, having already known kind of his backstory with that. But yeah, it's clear to me that like the show is called the Bad Batch. And ninety percent of the story is going to be about these fi- these five guys. You Hope know, so. Yeah. You know, now that that Crosshair is gone and Echo is in, you know, there's there's five of them uh, with with uh, Omega, and you know, we're going to kind of follow them. But we're also going to learn about Cut. We're also going to learn about Caleb. We're also going to learn about Tarkin, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, the Kaminoans, and you know, like there are going to be other characters that yeah, we see. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so excited about that. Like that, we might just get a little bit of a snack. Yep. In every episode of yeah. these other people. So I hope so too. I I think <laughs> we I I absolutely think and uh I think Rex is coming soon. Oh good. I, I for sure think that we're gonna see Rex in the next episode or two. Yeah. Um so let's uh what, what else do you want to talk about from episode one? There there's uh there's a lot left. Yeah, so uh you know Tarkin comes in and he's reevaluating stuff. Um I, I really want to know who the Jedi under the blanket was, you know, drops the lightsaber they were carrying one out on oh, a stretcher yeah. yeah that i'm curious if that'll ever be revealed or if that, that was, was just like a small little was, thing it, it was a, such a short moment but it was, uh-huh. i thought it was a relative relative for the animated series it was yeah. a relatively dark moment like yes. there's a jedi corpse under that blanket uh-huh. like it, and it, and it you're really even though it's for kids and there's you don't see a dead person's face you know right, they have right. they, they kind of have to because it's animated they have to d- dumb it down a little bit but like it's it you you're um, forced to reckon with the fact of like that's a dead Jedi under there like yeah yeah like they didn't just shoot at a Jedi and see that Jedi go down you know take a blaster bolt in the stomach maybe they're okay maybe they're not it's like no that that person's dead like yeah they're dead dead right yeah. right uh, and it almost had like it was a more kind of blink and you miss it moment it didn't have the you know time to sit but like at the end of the Clone Wars where they have all the clones helmets on the you know, rifles and stuff, and you're yeah. like, yeah, they're all dead. Yeah. Uh, it it it's the kind of that similar thing where you're like, dang, this is it. it this is real. You know, it, it's, like it, it's it is animated, so you could you could say, oh, it's for kids, or whatever. But to me, it's more like it's for the Clone Wars kids that have now grown up. Like they're, sure, they're sure. teenagers now. Yeah, um, sure. So, I mean, I'm not gonna wa- let my four year old watch this anytime soon. But like. well, right, <laughs> and if it would even hold her attention. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Right. Um. So yeah. So we get the the dead Jedi. Uh, Tarkin is there trying to evaluate the clones. They go through the same little like training scenario to be put to the test that we've seen clones go through before on Kamino. We saw Echo do it when he like way back when yeah. in, in chronological order. The first time we see Echo uh, is when he's like going through those training. It's the five hundred first, uh, isn't it? Yeah, he's. It's when they um, the Domino Squad is what they called them. Oh and that, yeah, that's when we see. Uh, CT99, who is a actual true defective clone. He was yeah, like the one that became right. the janitor. Yeah, that's what their they're squad named is named after. after. Yeah, yeah, is uh, CT99. So they go through this thing, and all of a sudden, Tarkin's like, 
yeah, okay, this is great. Let's uh, let's up the stakes here, and we're going to put live rounds in this training scenario. And they're like, holy smokes, like, what is with this dude, right? But, you know, of course, they survive and, and overcome it, and so they get sent. I mean, Wrecker almost dies. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, like- that's right. Yeah, he gets shot. Um, so they get sent on a mission. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to kind of try out this Empire thing. You know, they're they're still looking really suspicious at uh, all of the transition. They're like, mm, I, I don't know about this. Like, I thought the war was over, so what's going on? So they go, and they get sent to Onderon, uh, which is where Saul Guerrero and his band of rebels are. Uh, another character that, you know, is kind of from different, you know, he was in Clone Wars. He's yeah. in Rogue One. And they're like, well, looks like we got to kill us some civilians. And that's when the split between Hunter and uh, Crosshair really starts to yeah, cause widen. Cr- Crosshair sees like women and children, and yep. he's like, "Give the order, let's do it." Yeah, good soldiers follow orders, yep. which is another callback to Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah good soldiers I love follow phrase, orders. Yeah. I do too. Uh, and so ultimately, they decide not to do it. Uh oh, probe droid is finds out what you've done. Uh oh, that's not good. Papa Tarkin's gonna be a little angry. Uh, so they decide to 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 go back. Uh, and in and, so and, be, and before they had left to go to Andron, yeah, um, they had this brief uh, moment with Omega, and yes. she, and she kind of like says like I don't trust Tarkin, and and you know you probably shouldn't go on this mission, and, yeah, yeah. And, and they're like okay, whatever, you're just a kid, but then like when they get to Andron and see what's uh-huh. happening, they're like they remember what Omega said, and they're like yep. okay, maybe she was right about this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let can we let's let's talk about Omega for a minute. I think she's okay a fascinating that. character. Yeah, I re- for, I really like the accent. First of all, I yeah. don't know why I'm just like, man, I could listen to her talk all day. Like, I mean, she's got the same kind of Australian accent that Ray D uh, Bradley Baker is that right? No. Yes. Well, yeah. That, she's a clone too. Yeah, but, but obviously she's voiced by a woman. We're right. And like she, her accent is a little bit more pronounced. Like it's very Australian yeah. sounding. And yeah, I just like the way that, that she sounds. But it's interesting to me that like they even experimented with a female version. Of, like uh-huh. this is the first time we've seen anything like this. Uh-huh. It's so fascinating. Yeah. So we're there's a lot of questions yet to be answered, and that's what I think. Um, similar to the Mandalorian, it'll be throughout the season we're going to get little bits of information of what she actually is. I don't think it's going to be like, well, episode three, here it all is. Here's everything about her. Here's what she, you know. Like, what, I, what was their goal in taking the clone formula, tweaking one gene or whatever to, you know, flip the chromosome and and making a, a girl? Like, I, like yeah. that's, that's very interesting I don't know. to me. I, and maybe we will, uh, maybe we'll find out. I So far... I, my first impression, I don't like her a lot. Oh, like, really? I, I want to, and it's not as bad as, you know, because, okay, so you have the Clone Wars, and you're like, all right, here's this, you know, teenage Ahsoka, and she's kind of annoying, and, you know, she's going to be paired up with these well-experienced people, and then you get to Rebels, and it's like, here's Ezra Bridger, he's kind of annoying, he's going to get teamed up with this group of, like, more mature fighters, uh, gotcha. right? And then, now here we are in Bad Batch, and you have this little girl, and she's going to get, you know, kind of a little bit immature, and she's going to get teamed up with this group of hardened fighters, and it's yeah. like, okay, this is a Dave Filoni theme, and even even the, com- even the comparisons to The Mandalorian, where he's like, oh, you have Baby Yoda, who's now being carried <laughs> around by this hardened fighter, and it's, uh, it's funny you mentioned that last one because at the end of episode two when they were on the ship together and like we'll get to episode two in a little bit but like how like there's clearly like a, f- a father-daughter situation sure. happening with her and, yep, and Hunter yep. they're, they're being pretty on the nose about that at the end of that episode I, I had this moment where I, I was watching with some coworkers and I turned to them and I was like 
So she's basically the Grogu in this situation. Yeah. No, and it does, uh, that second episode felt a lot like the, I think it's episode four of The Mandalorian, where they go to that like little village, and he's essentially like, I'm going to leave Grogu here with you guys because oh, he's yeah. going to be safe. Yeah, yeah. And then ends up, ha- you know, okay, well, we got in a big fight while we were there, and so I guess I'm going to take you, and now this like solidifies our relationship. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this was basically the same very similar situation, very similar dynamic. And again, it's all Dave Filoni. Yeah. And so I'm like... It is a little bit of a Filoni ride. I, I hadn't yep. thought about that. And I'm like, so it's all kind of a similar thread throughout all this. And I, I'm I'm like, okay, this is like, you know, round four with this kind of similar thing. I'm okay with it. I'm not upset. Like, it's fine. It, it works. It's, it's all good. Um, and I like her more than I liked, you know, original Ahsoka and ori- original Ezra. But I don't love the character yet. Hmm. I just don't like there. You know, there are all these action sequences, and she has proved herself to be helpful in a couple situations where she is like, "Oh, a small hole. Well, I guess that's me. <laughs> oh, you need someone to sneak around behind a corner. I guess that's me." I don't. You know. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I don't think she was particularly helpful until they did get to episode two. But she's in the way a lot too. Like yeah. she, it's like, oh crap, she was on the ship, and oh crap, there she got. Like she is. They're more having liability. to res- Yes, they're having to rescue her a lot, which they're probably doing that on purpose so that way the other crew members are gonna look at Hunter and be like, dude, it like this is getting old. Like, are we really gonna keep this girl around? Like, yeah. She so. she definitely hasn't given been given a lot of chance to to have a personality yet but yeah. i think the first glimpse we got of it was that her, of her reckless nature in episode two because like they, they're saying like stay put don't move whatever and sh- like they're like we're gonna go get the the chips or the whatever they're called the the codes and and then she's like they turn around and she's gone and like she just she just took off running. right like so like i think i think we'll, we'll see more of her character as yeah. things go along probably maybe a lot in episode yeah. three okay, it's a, again a reoccurring like oh no baby You're yoda right, don't don't eat the spider egg yeah. oh now we're in trouble and anakin stay in the cockpit okay <laughs> sure thing like it's you know again it's a reoccurring uh reoccurring you're, you're right trope I, in star wars i i uh i just i think that her origin story is so fascinating to me that oh yeah i, I want to know more about absolutely. her absolutely uh and maybe we'll get some flashback scenes of her like hanging out with the prime minister of camp Camino yeah who knows because like she can because she had never fired a blaster before yeah and picked up the gun and, and her sh- first shot her first shot was shooting shooting a gun a blaster out of the hand of a of a expert marksman yeah so like something is clearly going on and there's some you know there's some theories about about what her because she's got some kind of abilities or powers she's that's yeah that's why she's an altered clone there's I mean, I mean it is it is canon that she has not been trained like she she tells them that she's like she's like i've never fired a, a blaster she, before right right so there's speculation that like she is the first like force sensitive clone or because mm. the, the other thing is because this is the floniverse here so in the mandalorian it, they're experimenting. They're trying to get Baby Yoda's blood, and you know how does Palpatine come back in the sequels? And so they're trying to like clone Palpatine and do all the stuff that like she is the genesis of that, and so she has you know either some kind of like they were basically trying to figure out how to make a clone that can transfer the force that can still have the force in it. Yeah, if it's a clone, and that's part of how oh, Palpatine be, came back. That'd be awesome. So that so you know and and they. They hinted at that in The Mandalorian, yeah. and it's all the same brains behind this, you know, the writing. So it wouldn't surprise me if she's force sensitive. Yeah. So we're, you're saying we're going to get a scene where she is like an expert pilot? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that that's very possible. Or she, or yeah, or she's in a situation where she's like, I don't know how to drive this thing, and they're like, this me, this is go, this is steer, and the next thing you know, she's, she's dodging she's blaster fire and grenades and whatever, and they're yeah. like, where did you learn how to? That would be awesome. Drive that, yeah, like Anakin. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. yeah, I can. I'm the only human who can drive a pod racer because you know I have the force or whatever. Uh, well, that would be a um, a shot heard around the world if they like with this show officially announced that like Jedi's can be manufactured. Like that would be that would be a very controversial thing. Like in in the universe, I mean, like yeah, like, sure. Like amongst Star Wars fans, like I think a lot of fans would have tr- have trouble with that at, at sure. least at first. Of like you know that you can create a Jedi. It depends you know, like, on how. I don't know if they're trying to create a Jedi. I think they're just trying to see if a cloned being can have the Force because they're yeah. Palpatine. From from go right from like Plagueis like pre episode one has been obsessed with living forever and you know thinking about his death and how he could cheat death and avoid death. That's a big part of like why Anakin falls from the dark side and uh you know the the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise and all that. Uh-huh. So this is not like outside of the realm of something that that chan- at the time Chancellor Palpatine might have asked the Kaminoans to look into and yeah. to try and figure out, you know, hey, get, let's see if we can make a Force-sensitive clone because, hmm, one day I might, you know, die or be assassinated or something and I want to figure out how I can make sure that I live forever yeah. and transfer a Force essence into a clone. I also wonder about inhibitor chip. Like, there's not been any mention of that yet. Does she even have one? Uh, yeah, like, who knows? Yeah, uh, right. Like, my guess is that maybe she did, they didn't, Give her one, like, uh, like yeah. the, they wanted her to be for whatever purpose they created her for. Um, precipitated the need for yeah. no chip. You know? She may have said, you know, because I noticed like her little, um, the little thing she wears on her forehead. I think it kind of looks like the the Sheikah symbol from the Legend of Zelda. It's like a little eye thing. Oh yeah. And she tells Crosshair like right before they bump up hit the volume on his inhibitor chip and he betrays them. She's like, listen, I know what you're about to do, and I know that you can't help it. And so it's like maybe it's not force sensitivity. Maybe she's got some kind of psychic, you know, abilities or powers or the ability to see the future or something like that. Because that's that right there, that exchange, all the theories of her being force sensitive, that kind of makes me back away from that a little bit because that's not really like, yes, you know, the future is always in motion and all that kind of stuff. But I, you know, if somebody out there listening to this can probably you know, come up with an example that I'm not thinking of, but it doesn't seem like any Jedi who's been like, mm, I had a vision of the future. It's never been that specific. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're about to walk into the room and pick these lottery numbers. Yeah. You know, that it's like, this is a very, you, this is a very specific thing that you're talking about and I'm not seeing that yet. So yeah. Who, so who knows? But, I, I assumed that she had just caught wind of it, either whether she was supposed to or not, just being so close to, um, the, the prime minister and that other like assistant lady or whatever, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like that being, around, I think she runs the lab or whatever. Yeah. Like being around the Kaminoans and just like, you know, essentially being their shadow, like yeah. just kind of picked up on that information that there was a chip in these things and, you know, keep it, keep it hush hush. Don't tell anyone, yeah. you know, but like once everything explodes, she kind of like knows what's going on. She's like, okay, you know? Yeah. One, one character I want to mention, uh, because I feel like he got a unceremonious end and nobody's really talking about it is the medical 
because that medical droid like was you know helped out with all the inhibitor chip stuff during uh the five story arc oh yeah you know whatever and you know was kind of comic relief and whatever uh and he's in this episode you know and is like hi my name is one five eight seven eight nine you know seven eight four you know whatever (laughs) and uh i i always like that droid i like that character and whenever they come in and they're looking for the bad batch and they bust into the room and omega and the droid are in the are looking for something just like he's gone (laughs) i'm like oh man like i i kind of like that character and you just kind of it's like admiral akbar (laughs) and the last jedi he's just gone and no one cares what the heck anyway that i just wanted to bring him i i'm trying to honor you 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 are maybe the only one that's mentioned that i mean he is a droid after all (laughs) i know but i liked that character droids are important that we saw in one episode previously yeah one or two episodes yeah i but i liked that character but yeah so back to back to omega uh, not a fan so far. Seems like people like her. Yeah, but I'm I'm yet to be convinced, and she just kind of is getting in my way. I, a little I find bit. myself in the middle of those two, you know, opinions. Like I I I I I agree with you on some of the the rut, you know, storytelling type of thing. We've seen this before, and I, I admit that she hasn't been given enough personality to like really have me latch onto her. But I still remain pretty hopeful. Like I I think they're going to do yeah. some really cool things. I think. I think they'll make a believer in her of all of us by the end of the, this, this, so maybe you haven't been following the news if you're listening to this, but like they're doing 16 episodes of the show. So like they're total or season one. Yes. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, they're season, the current season that we're watching is 16 episodes long. I don't know if there's even going to be a season two, but that, yeah, it either got leaked or whatever. Like, um, they're definitely, they've confirmed it. I think on Star Wars Day, maybe that there's going to be 16 total episodes. Now they're all going to be short, so you know it's like maybe only eight hours of content or whatever. Sure. But over the course of 16 episodes, eight hours of content, I think we're going to get to know her pretty well. And I, I, I have a hunch that by the end of it, we're like we're going to know that she's something really special. Yeah, so. I, I could also it is possible a theory that I have because clones go through like rapid aging. Yeah, you know, and if it's 16, usually. A lot of these seasons, like The Mandalorian, was what seven or eight episodes. Yeah. So it, you know, I could see a split between like episode eight and episode nine as kind of being like a okay, some time has passed or whatever. You know, a midpoint of the season. I could see them aging her a little bit if she has that same rapid aging oh, yeah. thing going on. And so by episode sixteen, she's like, you know, a teenager almost, sure. and much more mature, and you know, whatever. I, there's there is. That part of the show, there's a lot. There's a lot of places they can go, but like we talked about earlier, they are boxed in on some stuff. Yeah. But you have a new character with abilities that have yet to be explained. The most like open wide potential for this show is in Omega. Yeah. Because she- of what they can do with her and introduce new abilities or or whatever. And of course, like in episode two, she comes out of the ship and she's like. Wow, for, you know, sunshine it is reminiscent of like Ray in episode seven, where she's like, "Wow, I've never seen this much green. I've just been on Jakku." Yeah, where I mean, she is having all these new experience. I thought that part was cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, where she's coming off, and you're like, you're watching this, you know, little girl, this clone who's only ever basically been in this sterile lab type setting. And she's like, like I was looking at the grass and stuff. Even with rapid aging, like let's say she's yeah. only like three weeks old or whatever, like, but she's literally never touched 
soil, like dirt ever. Yes. Like, I, I, yes. I, I thought that was a really cool scene. I did too, and credit to the animators and the quality of the animation yeah. dur- during that time because she's going through and touching the grass, and like you can l- see, you know, bugs and stuff in the air. It almost like with allergy season being in full swing, <laughs> I almost sneezed when I uh, when I watched yeah, that whole look, thing. It does look real. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, at one point you see like grass like kind of blowing in the wind mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and I was like, wow, this is like a world that she's she's heard of, like she's maybe even seen yeah. like on screens and stuff, but she's never actually experienced it. And yeah, it was cool. Like there was almost a a beauty in that moment of like like she is she's this is this world has been like hidden from her. Like she's she's been like um, sterilized to like not experience yeah. this kind of life, and now like not only are these guys her protectors, but they're also like, like saying like, here's the world, like here's yeah. the galaxy. Her vehicle to experience yeah. life. Yeah. To live. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, I, and, and, and I mean, we're already in episode two. We can, we can, we can come back to episode one if we think of something, but um, I do really enjoy it is, it is a very small bud right now, but I do enjoy the relationship between Hunter and, and Omega. Like I, it's not fully explains why this is, but Hunter, like, it's almost like a, a, a switch flips in his brain, no pun intended, of like, of him becoming a father to her. Like she, he like cares about her and wants to protect her. When the um, I forget what the name of that monster is that comes out to attack her to, to yeah to gobble. It's her the up. same monster from the um, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, the, that's like in the stadium. I didn't they, realize that when yeah. I was watching it. I knew that uh-huh. the thing looked familiar, but I had to look it up. But yeah, it's uh, it's the thing that attacks Padme in the uh-huh. in the Coliseum. Yep. But um it's about to eat her for lunch and who's the one that jumps in there with a knife? You know, it's, it's Hunter, you know, like, yeah. And, um, obviously the, you know, um, cuts wife, I forget her name, but Sue, Sue, uh, jumps up with like that sniper rifle or whatever and like starts firing off bolts. But like, it's him that actually jumps in there. That's not good enough. I'm going to go slit its throat. Yeah. (laughs) She didn't even know how to play with a ball. I know. Like that was like that, that episode, (laughs) Went much slower, right? So oh, it's, the, it's way slower the, than the, episode one. Right, episode one was like a lot of action, a lot of yeah. stuff going on, you know, and then episode two was way slower, but that that that's good, I think, because it yeah. gave these characters some room to breathe. It kind of like, okay, we're establishing these relationships, and especially with Omega, like giving her time to check out the dirt, and these kids are trying to play with her, and she's like, what, what, what is the point of this? Like, why did you throw this ball at me? Yeah, yeah. You know, have fun. Wait, what? Well, like, and to see the glee on her face, I and mean, we get little little family kind of moments where uh-huh. like where she's like, I caught it, I caught it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like I've seen my four-year-old Jordan do that a million times. Like, look, Daddy, I did something. Did you see me? You know, and we, we get to see that between her and Hunter. And I, I, I think those are really cool moments. Like, yeah, absolutely. In a Clone Wars show, you don't necessarily get that. And I love the Clone Wars. Don't get me wrong. But like it is, it is always war, wartime. It's always what battle are they going to? What mission are they going on? War and politics. Yeah, and this is not that. Like it's we're gonna get, we're gonna get battles. We're gonna get shootouts in every episode. But there's also these really quiet moments of just like experiencing life. And I, I want to see more of that. Yeah, that's I, and I think we will. There's also, and episode two does this really well without. you know, really throwing it in, in an episode one style, like, let's talk about the taxation of trade routes. And, like, <laughs> it, it's more subtle, but, like, they go to town and they're trying to, you know, get on a ship to get off world. 
And they start talking about the, uh, I keep wanting to call it the blockchain, and that's not it. That's something totally different. What is it called? Code the, uh, chain? Or chain code. Chain code. The chain code, <laughs> but blockchain. We're talking about Bitcoin here. Like, oh, the empire's <laughs> the empire has now moved to Bitcoin. <laughs> but the empire uh, is ch- basically, they've changed the currency. You can't, republic credits are worthless now. Uh, and so you have to go and exchange for imperial credits. And to do that, then you're going to get a chain code. It essentially forces people to register uh, with the empire. What's funny is there are real life examples of governments doing this. Uh, back in 2009, North Korea did this to its citizens because, like, the black market was like getting a little too out of control. So, like, well, we're gonna re-denominate re, uh, our currency. So the currency you have today is completely worthless. Come to the bank and exchange it, and you can only exchange this much. So wow. you're welcome, and like come back. And so now, like, it it really killed off a lot of the uh, like unstate sanctioned uh economic activity so they're like well crap we can't like where are we gonna go register with the empire like how's this gonna how's this gonna work and so that's the kind of stuff that really interests me because it's like okay how does again t- you know 10 minutes a week after order 66 how does the empire really grip hold of the galaxy and you hear these subtle comments where they're like well i thought the war was over why do we have all these you know, troops was like, well, Palpatine is out there basically setting up a garrison at, in every planet. Like, there's going to be stormtroopers slash clones now. We're still at clones. Yeah. But everywhere. Yeah, they, they literally can't leave the planet unless they right. go, go and, through this, like... People are like, dude, the war's over. Like, what... It, it's... You can tell that it's setting in with the citizenry, like, what is actually happening. They're like, oh, yeah, the war's over, but this is, this is not different. good. Yeah. Yeah, this is not good at all. And I, I like the way that they are you know yes it's a it, that part is an important element of the story for that episode but it's it's not just some some stupid macguffin yeah it's like there it is showing you in like real practical terms how and i think that's going to continue throughout this series of just all of the million little things that you know the that palpatine did to tighten his grip on the galaxy as the weeks and months went by after Order 66. Yeah, I think that's the brilliant thing about all these interstitial stuff, like the stuff that takes place in between movies to fills in gaps, is it, it again, going back to answering questions, like it's like, well, okay, you know, at, at some point we know there's em- Empire credits, but how did that come about? And, you know, how did these planets just sign up for the Empire and just go along with the flow, you know? Like, it's it's all it's all being answered kind of one episode at a time. Uh-huh. And it's it's great to me. Like, And it's it's obviously very good storytelling that they, Filoni can keep all these facts in his brain all at the same time and just kind of keep it all consistent. Um, I think there's a line, I think it's maybe Crosshair. I can't, can't it's one of the guys that utters it, but they they you know find out they they attend that that meeting and you know of, of uh, all the troops or whatever in episode one of the bad batch and see the the famous you know speech from Palpatine and one of the after leaving that thing one of the guys I think it's Crosshair says you know Republic Empire what's the difference and it's like well you know for some people it's a huge difference and you know Cut and Sue and all these guys whatever like you know they have to learn how to live in this new yeah. galaxy, this new world that they've never had to live in before. Yeah. Uh, 
it's a similar thread to oh DJ from the Last Jedi was like good guys, bad guys. Yeah. You know, he's like, what what's the difference? You know, they blow you up today, you <laughs> blow up them tomorrow. Yeah. You know, uh, so that it's it's kind of that similar thing where it's like, look, we're being oppressed one way or the other. Yeah. For some, like, you're for gonna some, have an overlord no matter where you go. It, I mean, it really speaks to, and this is true of our world that we live in, but like, of it just depends on where you're at, what planet you're on, who's around you. Yeah. You know, like. You know, I, you know, uh, you know, to, to use like, I'm not get, trying to get into politics, but like, you know, Democrat president, Republican president, it's still the United States. You know, like it's like right, that right. kind of thing. But for other people, it's not that way. It's like, no, that this made a huge difference when we went from this president to the other yeah. or whatever. And so I, we're seeing that in the show as well of like, okay, some people legit don't care. Like a pirate's still a pirate no matter what, you know. Yep. Um, like, or, how can I make money off this? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, own my own world, you know, no matter who's in charge. But then other people are like deeply affected and have to do all these crazy stunts just to get by in life, you know. So. One, my favorite line so far was after they were talking about having to get a chain code, and I think it was Tech that said it, and he's just like, "Uh, eh. you know, it's funny." the clones were all assigned a number and then throughout the war they went through, they were like, no, I'm going to give myself a unique name and be unique. And now the, the empire is making everybody into a number. Yeah. Yeah. After we, and it's the clones that are doing yeah, it. Yeah. Isn't it, he says something like, isn't it funny how we worked away to get away from numbers uh -huh. and now we're just diving into numbers. Diving right back into it. Yep. Yeah. 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 That was cool. Yeah. That was, that's been my favorite, uh, that's been my favorite line. So far, so yeah, it's so far. Episode one and two are are different, but both good. I thought it a couple things I did not expect was uh the I did not expect Crosshair to actually like betray them. I thought he was gonna get that over was a and huge stay. surprise. Yeah, yeah, I did not expect that. But now I'm like, okay, so the big bad in this is gonna be Tarkin, from what we can tell, sure. right? He's gonna be the one like pulling all the strings, trying to track him down. But the the one that's going to be on their tail that's going to keep them on the move is going to be Crosshair because yeah. he was one of them. He's he's going to be able to anticipate, you know. But he's like literally a sniper, and so they're going to at all times they're going to be like waiting to hear, yeah. you know, a blaster from who you know from a rooftop or something like that. And I'm like, that's brilliant yeah. because that keeps a level of suspense that I think is awesome, and it's going to be, you know, the other series. Yes, the Empire's always out there, and they're, you know, you're always like, that was one of the tropes in Rebels. It's like, okay, well, every other episode, they're dressed, they're disguising themselves as stormtroopers and sneaking around. I think that this has more potential to be more of a cat and mouse thing, where like they, they're being the, hunted, they're being hunted, and they have to run from a singular, you know, threat who's shooting at them and is a little more sneaky and all that I think I, I think it's going to be good I think there's yeah. going to be some episodes and even in these two there were there were a few times where like my teeth you know like like oh go 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 you know like yeah. even <laughs> even in these early episodes I'm like okay this is going to get way there's going to be some tension in these later episodes yeah. where they're being hunted like that yeah he's he kind of strikes me as kind of like the Boba Fett like the he's not for hire but like it is similar to like we're going to send this guy after you Han or whoever sure like, you know um, that yeah they're basically like like running from him and they even like I think it's Hunter that makes a comment of like you know he like how do you run away from someone who is like as smart and is you know in the know and has all access to all these resources like there's nowhere we can go like yep. he's, he's gonna yep. follow us no matter where, where we go yeah the, I was also disappointed I felt like Echo 
did not get a lot of screen time. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Because I'm like, okay, he's one of the original clones. You know, he played a role in in the Clone Wars. Um, had like a big arc in the Bad Batch, you know, thing. And I felt like out of all of the Bad Batch group characters, he got like the least amount of lines, the least amount, you know. Yeah. And I've been wondering how they're going to do that because the tech is there and tech does most of the machine stuff. And I, so I feel like they kind of dual, they even went together in episode two to like, you know, get their chain code, you know, stuff figured out. Yeah, the, the only purpose he really serves is, is his, his arm. arm. Yeah. yeah, he's ha- like he hacking into RT, stuff. He R2-D2 yes. thing of uh-huh. like turning screws and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm the door opener. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just, that's what he <laughs> that, is. He, like, is. he is kind of the R2-D2 of the Because that's squad. what R2-D2 did during yeah. all of the movies. It's like, we need a door open. Thanks, yep. R2. Yeah. And he's going to, so I, I ho- guess I hope he because they don't have a droid. And that's you know true. what? That's a good point. I just thought of that. Like, out of all the other Star Wars adventures, you have, okay, the the core group of heroes has, like, their droid sidekick, whether it's R2 or Chopper or BB-8 or whatever. There's no droid. That's so sad that Echo, I didn't think of Echo that. is their droid. <laughs> I mean, but that yeah, that's what he's, that is the purpose that he serves. He's, he's a and cyborg. They, so and he's, they say that, too. They're like, well, yeah. Yeah, well, how come my inhibitor chip didn't, well, you're more machine than you are man yeah, so yeah he kind of is they, th- they thought that maybe his inhibitor chip got damaged or something like it broke in his inside of his head when he went through all the trauma that he went through yeah um so they had they had to explain away somehow why he didn't react the way that, that all the rest of the clones did but so yeah I, he is kind of their droid i hope he gets yeah. more more of a character than that but we'll see yeah i hope so too and <laughs> it it going back to kind of the normal star wars tropes i wonder if that gap is going to be filled because normally the the droids have kind of a comic relief role. They have like the cute sidekick, you know, buy this as a plushie when you go to Walmart, you know, role. And we don't have that. And, you know, I don't know if it speaks to kind of the darker tone Mm. of the show, but now that I think about it, it's weird to not have a droid sidekick. Yeah. Every movie, I mean, even in like the solo, a Star Wars story, you have L3 and like, yeah! Wow! Yeah, you always have Chopper or R two D two or yeah, someone that that I that just really and the only droid that was in the show so far got blasted away. Yeah, it, I mean, heck, if Rogue One had a droid. In yeah, it, Rogue like, One had K two S O. That's yeah. right. So I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's interesting. I I wonder if they pick one up, but I would say probably not. Yeah, right? I don't think so. It's already a pretty full. Like you've already it's got, a big cast, yeah. It, yeah, it's a big cast, and you're gonna have to spend a lot of time exploring them. So I don't think that. I mean, even to pick up Omega, they had to ditch. You know, crosshair. So yeah. it's like I don't think they're going to add any. Well, and who we don't know if Rex, because Rex will appear. I mean, that's going to happen. Sure. If Rex is going to like hang out with him, or if he's just going to like, you know, be more like Ahsoka was in Rebels, where he's like, listen, I've got my own stuff going on. I'm going to pop in and out to like help and advise you guys. You know, I've got some contacts. If you need, you know, I can like refer you to people. But like, I'm not going to actually join your group. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm fascinated to see where they go next. I there there there's gonna be some conflict, obviously, with Crosshair at some point. That probably comes in the next episode. But um, you know, they could do some really cool things, like with just the storytelling about about these characters going forward. So it'll yeah. be interesting. It's gonna be a good show. I think. I I think I'm gonna like it. Well, any other thoughts on? I mean, uh, there there is that moment where Omega like basically chooses them over like going like she she has the opportunity to go into safety with cut and sue and the, their kids yeah and she she, de- she declines it like she's like oh it's so weird they gave me five chain codes but there's only four of you and they're like uh there's a reason for that you're actually going to go with them and going off into safety kind of like you said with grogu but um you know she she's 
old enough to make her own decision. Whereas yeah, and Grogu's he acknowledges just, that. Yeah, Grogu's essentially a, I mean, he's a 50-year-old baby, but he's a baby. Right. Um, and so, you know, she actually says, no, I'm I'm not going to go with them. I'm going to stay with the, the Bad Batch. So yeah. she has, I mean, she, whether she has all the information available to her or not, she feels an affinity for these guys. Yeah. Like, they're the same as me, so. So I have, I have kind of one more question that I wanted to discuss with yeah. you. Um, all right, so... Would you recommend this show for somebody who has who is a more casual Star Wars fan? So if they've not seen, you know, maybe they've watched The Mandalorian because like pe- lots of people who really didn't care for any other Star Wars have watched Mando. So maybe they watched Mandalorian. They've you know seen the movies a couple times, know the premise, but they're not like super into it. Um, is this something that a like basically? Is this only for people who have already like really bought in to the animated series, and and or are otherwise like super into the movies? You know, kind of where yeah. you're at, or if you're you know a few degrees of less of a fan or haven't devoted as much time, is this something that you would still say, yeah, jump into and watch? So it's interesting. I, you're pretty much describing Grant. Um, he he is that person. He's exactly what you described. Oh, really? Yeah, he's seen all the movies. He's even seen like uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Like he's seen some of the, the off- offshoot movies. He's seen all of the films, but he's not seen any of the animated series. He's never watched Clone Wars. He's never watched Rebels, any of that stuff. Um, we, at the beginning of, of this episode, kind of, I kind of quizzed him. I was like, are you going to, like, he doesn't have time to watch him right now, but like, are you going to catch up and watch him over the summer? And he's like, I don't know. And I don't know. I, I mean, bet he won't. Yeah. I mean, I bet if, he won't. If he's listening to this, he's going to talk to me about it when the next time I see him. But like, I, I have my doubts. I, I don't know that he will watch them and I'm not sure to answer your actual question, which is, would you recommend it? I don't know that I would. I, I am certainly enjoying it very much, but only because, mostly because I have like all this history with these characters and this this Clone Wars world that I don't know that a person that's never dove, you know, di- dived into the the other kind of lore and other episodes of, of other sh- other shows will really even be interested in. Like, I think the casual fan really wants to know like what are the big set piece moments, but the kind of day to day life of Star Wars I don't think really interests them if they haven't checked it out by now. Do you think say do you let's say that you did decide to give it a chance? You've not watched Clone Wars or Rebels, and you're like. All right, I'm open to it. This is what we're doing on a Friday night, sure, whatever. You know, I'm with some friends. Yeah. Do you think it is too much over their head for them to enjoy? No, I I don't think there's anything in the show that is like, whoa, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, it is still very Star Wars. Like, if if you're familiar with like the conception of Star Wars, I don't think you're lost if you watch the show. But I don't know that there's a lot of interest. Like, I don't know that you're interested in following these characters that you've never heard of, that you're not likely to ever see in live action. Like, I think the, the first thing that got, that made some people, the uninitiated interested in the clone wars was when Ahsoka's in live action. They're like, who the heck is this girl? I've never heard of her Uh before. And then watching her in that show and knowing that she has her own show, like Ahsoka show coming. I think that's the first time where they would be like, uh, maybe I am interested in Clone Wars. Maybe I'll go back and learn more about this character. Yeah. But until that, I don't think that a lot of people had a lot of interest in even going. It's it's hard to say because you've got yeah. you have Star Wars, of course. Uh, it's it's hard to watch the prequels if you didn't watch the original trilogy. Yeah. And this is so so if we think of the prequels as like you know uh, a, a movies within movies. Because you kind of need the context of the original, right? Sure. 
and then within that, another layer down in Inception uh, is like Clone Wars and Rebels. And then I feel like this is like another layer down. It's like a show within a show within a show within a show. Yeah. And I think that the Bad Batch might be too deep for a lot of people. And my fear is, I'm glad that they've committed to, you said 16 episodes, right? Yeah. I'm glad they've committed to that. Um, but man, I don't know. I don't know how much traction that this is not going to be even, it's not even going to get in the same universe as popular as Mandalorian. The numbers, I, the numbers. Not, are, there's no way. Yeah. No, not only because it's not live action because it's animated and already people are going to be out, you know. Yeah. But because it is so deep, so much deeper in the lore. I mean, there's there's probably a lot of casual studies like Order 66, what was that? You know, and if you, sure. and if you don't even have that to start from, I think you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I want to see more stuff like this because this is like when you talk Star Wars, this is some of my favorite stuff. Like this era and this the animation and everything. But man, I just I hope Disney doesn't look at these numbers and go because I think all of the people that uh, came back for episode uh, for the last season of the Clone Wars, and if I were to venture a guess, those last four episodes were probably really good numbers because, A, people watched them multiple times because it was so good, and people went, look, listen, I know you've never seen a Star Wars cartoon, but we're watching these, we're watching this. Yeah. Um, I don't know if these numbers are going to be good because I think even a lot of fans of the Clone Wars and even Rebels, I'm not sure that they're going to give this a chance because it's, again, you're, you're talking like, and they're like, why do we care, why do we care about it's a, these it's characters? It's a spinoff of Clone Wars. A spinoff really. of a spinoff. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so I don't know. I just hope it does well enough that this this continues, that they will do stuff like this. Yeah, I almost wonder if this is, they, they already know that this is the only season they're ever going to get of Bad Batch. Like, the, as far as green lighting, like, this is it. Like this That is, might make the story better. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I'd totally be down for that. Because that way it doesn't go on longer than it should or whatever, and it's and like they already have the ending planned out from the beginning, yeah. and you get a sense of finality at the end. You know, I'm, we are getting. I mean, you. Everyone's seen the slide of like all the Star Wars stuff that's coming in the next right, couple of years. Like, right, I, right. I'm totally good with them just ending it after 16 episodes. Yeah, yeah. And then let the other 14 Star Wars shows that are coming out in the next three years come out. Like, yeah. I, I'm good with that. Uh, so. Do you want them to die at the end? Um, not, not if you think they will. That's not the question. Do you think it? Do you, Do you want them to die at the end? Do you think that would make for a more satisfying ending? And because then when we review, when this is all done, yeah. and I'm sitting across from you again, and however many months we do it, I'm gonna like bring this up again and be like, ah, oh. I want them to die if there is a purpose for their death. Like I, if there's no purpose for it, like if it's um, like you said, unceremoniously <laughs> earlier, if they die unceremoniously, I will be very upset with that because I, I, I like these characters, and we've only seen them in you know six total episodes. Of yeah, content. we're gonna come to, come to love them much more. I, by the end of sixteen, I'm these are gonna be heroes to us. And I, I don't want them to die in just like a meaningless death kind of way. Mm-hmm. I want them to die like in some like going out in a bit of glory, like sacrificing like one last stand against the Empire, you know, showing the strength of the Empire, like just domineering over them. But them saying, no, we will not bow. We will not, you know, like we will not surrender. Like the rogue, kind of, almost like a Rogue One ending. Exactly. Oh, that would be, I, would, like, I would be totally fine like, with that. Where it's like, okay, now we know that this like super important piece of like thing that happened in Star Wars, this big piece of the universe was because of the sacrifice of Clone Clone Force Nine, and we never yeah. knew it before. Yeah. See, I, but the thing is, is like this this gap in in the timeline, because like 
there's a lot that's been written way after this and a lot that's been written before this, mm-hmm. but we're entering like some really dark timeline area where yeah. like we don't know what happens. Uh-huh. And so I don't even know what they could do. Rogue One felt satisfying because it literally ends minutes before the, the beginning of A New Hope. Right. And they can't do that with these guys unless they just traverse like 20 years of timeline. Yeah, it is so, too much time. Yeah. And, I, unless I unless there is a time, I, I there is a chance, I think, of a time jump between episode eight and nine yeah like yeah. that mid-season point yeah. i could i could see them jumping up if they if that's what they want to accomplish i sure. mean it you know um yeah i i could see them doing a, a time jump to to make it more impactful if they want them to have some kind of connection to rogue I mean, to even rogue one or rs thinking rebels like i like they've already introduced caleb doom who becomes canaan mm-hmm. so like i almost wonder if they end with that like the end of the series with setting up the events of rebels you know so you kind of get that clean i think like, it'll be more handoff. epic than that i think yeah. it, i i don't i think it'll be something connected to rogue one or the original trilogy yeah Some, i would love something that. to do with the you know i i have no idea what but i I think it could be connected to a much larger part of the canon. Yeah. Don't know what that is, obviously, but... Yeah, but a, an ending for this, for these guys, I think feels feels right for me. Like, I, I think, I, I do see this as a single season show that they never come back to. Um, you know, maybe they do, like, 10 years from now, they do, like, oh, some stories from the Bad Batch or whatever and fill in some of the gaps that they skip over during the time jump or whatever. But I I don't know. I'm I'm good with it just ending after this, this okay. first season. Yeah, me so. too. I completely agree. I think it'll make for a better story. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, well, I'm going to um, record some just kind of outro stuff um, that we do. Like, we, we do uh, what's new on Disney plus this week and talk about what's coming up next. But I just want to say thank you for being on the show, Jake, and we will have you on again for sure um, yeah. to talk more star Wars. My pleasure. Um, we, Grant and I kind of talked about not covering every episode, like on a weekly basis. Like I doubt that we'll talk about the bad batch for a while. Yeah. You do the same thing with Mando and yeah. Clone Wars. And yeah, we, I think there was one um, series that we did like, I think it was Mando. No, which one? It was some. Well, some the first series. season of Mandalorian, you did every episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we did that the second season too. But like, um, there was one show that we did where it was like, okay, the the beginning, middle, and ends. Like, let's mm-hmm. just kind of cover like the you know the, the big the, set the final moments. season of Clone Wars as well. Oh, that's it. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we might do something similar to that, but we will definitely at least have you on for the finale because I want to yeah. kind of catch up on your thoughts. And if you want to come in the middle of the season, like especially if there's like a big like you know eight to nine jump or something like that, I would love to kind of you know yeah you know the season so far kind of check in with you uh, you're you're welcome to come back i so. would love that very much um before you go um so in previous appearances when you've been on our podcast we've talked about your show your podcast uh show that, yeah. you, that you did with your friend brian yeah uh, that show is unfortunately no more and i mean that like with the sincerest of heart because it was one of my favorite podcasts oh thanks I, man I, I listened to every single episode of, of politics with brian and jake and that podcast is no more but um tell our uh, we have a lot of local listeners to republic missouri where we're recording this show today and uh, let people know about what's what's new there's a new podcast yeah thanks uh so i am working on a show called repmo radio repmo is kind of the uh term the shortened term uh, lovingly given to our city of Republic, Missouri. So this is a hyper-localized podcast where I interview people of interest and influence uh, within our community. So, for example, uh, you know, I've got a veteran, uh, an Iraq War veteran that's got some stories about when he was over there, a local musician, got a business owner lined up, somebody who's big into small business and real estate. Um, But, you know, the city of Republic, Missouri is 
the, is some say is the fastest growing city in Missouri. And I've also even heard that it's one of the fastest growing in like the four state area of the oh, Midwest. Wow. And so I'm like, man, this, this place is going to get big really fast. And, um, you know, I want this to be a place where you can know your neighbor, where you walk into a business and you're like, Hey, you know, I know the owner, I know, you know, and people have so many stories to tell and may live down the street from you. And you had no idea that, that what they've been through or what they've done or what, or even just some weird hobby they're into or whatever. Uh, and so I want to bring that out. And so I'm on a journey to go through, you know, my backyard here in Republic, Missouri yeah. and just listen to people's stories, uh, and find out what they're about and learn about them. And so I'm going to take the rest of the city on that journey with me. Cool. That sounds awesome. I, it, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't live in Republic, you're like, eh, I probably won't seen in for that. But I, I know a lot of people that are local to yeah. where we live are listening to this show. And um, I'm to I'm totally down for this. Like, I'm, I'm going to tune in day one. Uh, I'm assuming just search Repmo Radio. Yep. When it comes um, out. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I mean, you're thinking at least a month from now? Yeah, probably. I'm loosely aiming for, like, end of June, early July okay. uh, time frame. Uh, I want to get some episodes in the bag first. You know, don't want to debut with just one and be like, oh, crap, can't find a guest next week. Dang it. Or I got sick or something, you know. So I want to have some in the can first and uh, kind of get my sea legs. The last podcast I did, PB&J Politics with Brian and Jake, uh, was it was just me and Brian most of the time. We'd have sometimes people call in or a guest. Uh, but it, we knew each other. We knew, you know, when the other person wanted to speak, you know, I could kind of tell just from because sure. we, we knew each other so well. And this is a challenge for me too, trying to grow my uh, experience and talent in this kind of a th setting to interview people. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm moving, of course, you start with your network of people that you know. It's like, hey, I, do you want to come on a show that doesn't exist yet? You know? <laughs> so you're going to start with people you're more familiar with or that yeah. are maybe one or two degrees in, through your network. And then, but eventually I'm going to move on to, hey, literally, I just met you as you walked in the room. And now we're going to talk. How do you interview a stranger? And especially a stranger who's never told their story before, has never had a microphone in their face. Um, and so I want to grow as an interviewer uh, in this medium as well. And so I'm looking forward to my own personal growth too. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a really fantastic idea for a podcast just because, A, there isn't like a radio station in Republic. Like we don't have like a local radio. Springfield gets all the attention. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so this gives people a chance to kind of learn about like the current happenings in their city. Yeah, yeah. But also, like you said, it's it's a big enough city that you can't know even a fraction of the population. Uh -huh. Like it's introducing me, you know, I, I don't live in Republic anymore, but we do almost all of our commerce and hanging out in Republic, our churches in Republic and all that. And most of our friends live in Republic. And so we're in Republic a lot. And yet I don't, I look around and I don't see anyone I recognize. And I don't know, like there are new businesses that pop up all the time. I didn't even know that business was there. Like yep, yep. it's, it's going to help me kind of get to know the city a little bit better. So, yep. and that's my goal. So I, yeah. I hope we accomplish that. Yeah. Cool. Well, definitely tune in for that. Uh, we'll have you back on uh, maybe after the launch and kind of kind of tell us how it's going. I know you've re recorded a couple of secret episodes already, and uh, I'll be excited to hear those when they come out. So great! Thanks um, for the plug. Yeah. Well, thanks again to Jake for being on the show. He's always an expert when it comes to Star Wars stuff, and uh, I appreciate him helping me talk about those opening episodes of of the Bad Batch. We'll have him again. Uh, on again sometime in the future. Um, we're not not going to keep talking about Bad Batch, you know, in the coming next few weeks, but uh, we will definitely come back around to it and kind of catch up with you and let let you know our thoughts on how the how you feel like the season is progressing. 
Um, before we finish up, we'd like to uh, end with a couple segments that I'm going to do real quick. Um, as far as what else are you watching on Disney Plus, I still have not gotten into High School Musical, the musical season one. Um, I need to, to jump into that this week. I, I, I've got like five hours of content to watch in six days. So hopefully I can get it knocked out and jump in with season two. And uh, the plan is to have uh, Caitlin Youngsma, Grant's wife, on next week to help us talk about High School Musical, the musical, the series, season two, uh, episode one, as it comes out next next Friday. So, but that brings up, um, so what else are you watching? I, I didn't ask Grant. I, I knew he was pretty busy and um, I, I haven't watched anything. So we're going to jump on to what's new on Disney Plus this week and finish out our show with that. This is for Friday, May 14th. Uh, these episodes and, and movies and stuff are coming out on Friday, May 14th as we record this. So I already mentioned it. High School Musical, the musical, the series, season two, episode one, longest title ever for a show. Entitled New Year's Eve is coming out. It's going to be, uh, looks like Ricky, Nini, Gina, and... Uh, Ashlyn for a New Year's Eve party and there's a North High rival uh, theater teacher that shows up and causes some drama and you kind of know the plan if you've seen season one so that's coming up. Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch episode three is coming out on Friday. Uh, Of course I'm very excited about that. Going to continue watching that show and might kind of intersperse some like very quick thoughts uh, weekly just kind of on you know maybe in what else have you been watching I might mention you know that I'm still watching that show so, uh, Big Shot episode five is coming out this Friday. This is our house is the name of that episode. Mighty Ducks Game Changers episode eight. Obviously, you know that's going to be a big part of our program. So uh, we'll be reviewing every episode of Game Changers, and episode eight will be no exception to that. There's a, uh, a kids series called Disney Special Agent Oso. It's seasons one and two, and the Three Healthy Steps season one, which I guess those are somehow related to each other it's uh it's like it looks like a cgi kind of animated show about a teddy bear uh, and its kid (laughs) that that, um i'm sure they're friends and go on adventures and and stuff like that so um i think one thing is interesting that i read about the show that appeals to me even though i this is clearly not i'm not in the demographic for the show this is for like uh it, it appears to me like preschoolers but they uh, their titles, the titles of the shows are have titles that are inspired. Uh, uh, titles of the episodes are inspired by John, James Bond's films and books. So, like they have episodes called Gold Feather, A View to a Book, Carousel Royale instead of Casino Royale, and and so on. So uh, that's kind of interesting to me, just because I love James Bond. But um, yeah, clearly uh, for ch- little kids. So uh, a big movie that's coming out this. Uh, Friday is X-Men The Last Stand. So it's interesting that these, you know, they're starting to kind of trickle in. And I mentioned this last week with the uh, Fox um, uh, movie that was coming out last week that like they're starting to kind of like add these piecemeal, like kind of one at a time. Last week it was Rise of the Silver Silver Surfer. This week it's X-Men The Last Stand. And I think there's maybe one more this month that's coming out. And so, you know, they've had the Fox uh, license for a while, but they are just now starting to kind of add these one at a time. So that's the one that you're going to get this week is X-Men The Last Stand. Uh, another National Geographic documentary type show is Life Before Zero. And 
boy, it is season 15 of the show. I didn't even know there were 15 seasons of Life Before Zero, let alone have really even heard of the show. But if you're excited about that series, uh, the 15th season is coming to Disney Plus this Friday. Uh, Race to the Center of the Earth is a National Geographic documentary as well. It's It looks like uh, it's a seven-part series um, looking at the... No, I, I take that back. It looks like maybe more of like an amazing race kind of show. I, I wonder if Grant would maybe be interested in this. There's a, a $1 million prize. They It's literally a, a race. There's all these teams of people that all start from like different corners of the earth and they race to the center of the earth. They, they There's one destination that they're all headed for and they have to you know use very, various means to, to arrive there first and then the winner gets a million dollars. So... Uh, that may be of interest to some of our listeners. Um, it's a, it looks like a, a National Geographic property there. All right. Um, well, that is the end of our show. Um, it was kind of a an interesting one, a fun one this this time, having Grant on for the first half and and a long conversation with with Jake about Star Wars. I, lo- I loved just you know diving deep into that show. So uh, join us next week. We're going to be talking about. Um, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, of course, continuing on with that series. We're going to jump into High School Musical, the musical of the series, season two, episode one, with uh, hopefully Caitlin will be on. So we'll have another guest next week and have all three of us kind of chatting about that show. We've got some other guests that are kind of lined up for this summer. So we'll kind of sprinkle those in here and there. And we'll get to Mighty Ducks and uh, High School Musical next week. So we'll see you then for that. (laughs) 